what's going on? Are you Marvel movie maniacs out there? That Fat Samurai is here with, holy shit, we got Daniel, the sci-fi century. How you doing, brother? Uh, good. Honored. Honored to be here, man. Honored to oh. be just uh, sharing any kind of uh, social media, any kind of interaction with that Fat Samurai guy, of course. So. <laughs> yeah, buddy. We'll do more videos like this. This will be a lot of fun because we are fans of you know, similar interests, right? We like the kaiju monster movies, we, the genre. We like, uh, like, there's badass Gundam anime and all kinds of anime. Plus, we, you know, we're collectors, as you can see. Oh, yeah. Your, your Godzilla <laughs> collection is insane, by the way. Oh, right? Those of you that are watching a podcast or listening right now, if you go to the Sci-Fi Century, you know, channel, check out his videos on his Godzilla and kaiju collection. is insane. You put ours to shame, my friend. But it's, wow. it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Wow. But, but yeah, we, we, <laughs> expense, like expensive as hell. Man. I don't know what I was thinking, like going for just going out of the blue, becoming a hardcore collector and just going for the expensive ones that look really good and yeah. taking up all the space. And I'm already running out of space. I probably have to buy a bigger rack, but I, mean, <laughs> right? I don't know, man. Yours, but I mean, as far as your collection overall, I mean, mine's like nothing compared to yours, man. Well, we, we try, but no, I agree with you, man. Like the more, it's like, it's so much fun to collect and be a collector. But then again, you have the, we running out of damn room. Now we got to know, but now we got a whole other room, a storage section for boxes. <laughs> it's like, this is getting ridiculous now, you know? And, and you're right. You get what you pay for, right? Like, you, you exactly, know, you, you, you have to cough, cough up a, a few extra pennies just to get the better looking statues and, and figs. I mean, that's kind of how it is, you know, but sometimes me and you score though, we get some deals. Oh, and, yeah, in, man. and speaking of getting deals, uh, you just bought the blade. Yeah. What do you have there? The blade trilogy, right? Yes. Yeah, man. The four, it's the, it's the four from one, two and three. And then they added the, that old school. I mean, they added that, uh, that one from back in the days uh, with uh, Sticky Fingers. He, he played a uh, blade. Yeah. It was from. Uh, it was when Spike was Spike TV had just started uh, their TV shows and all that stuff. And yeah, right, it came. Right, right. I got it for a band. Did you? Seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Yeah, seven ninety nine is a steal. So did you um, watch the pilot? Because I don't think the whole show's on there. It's just the no. pilot, right? Yeah, yep. it's just it's just a, it's just actually um I don't it's not the whole season but I think it's just uh I think it's probably just one part of a season. It's not actually the the whole like the whole first season. It's right, just like right. one part I guess that they thought was more le legit and legitimate as far as you know getting viewers because I didn't really I didn't really dig it. I thought Sticky Fingers was cool uh for the look because he did have the look. Sticky but... fingers Sticky Fingers was cool until he took his damn sunglasses off. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> his eye all fucked up. I'm like, no, we can't have Blade with fucked up cross-eyed. We, we just, we can't. <laughs> it's, it's not, no. Put the sunglasses <laughs> back on. You know, it's like how they say with Hulk Hogan with his bandana, that old joke where when he takes the bandana off, he loses his power. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, like no. he, looks, he, looks, he looks like a peeled onion, man. <laughs> <laughs> the orange goblin that is hulk hogan but yeah i mean yeah sticky fingers with the sunglasses on i, I can kind of deal with it i remember i tried to uh, watch the show because i was a big blade fan and i just couldn't really get into it 
But here's the thing, though, is that I heard uh, from the grapevine, and I was doing a little bit of research recently, and I was reading a lot of comments. Apparently, when it was released, the whole show, when it was released on DVD, apparently it was, there was gore. There was violence, and it was maturated. And a lot of that was cut from the T, it was TNN, I think. Was it TNT or TNN? It was actually Spike. It was, was Spike, Spike TV. Okay. Yeah, I think when it aired there, it was kind of chopped down for, you know, T, you know TV viewers. Yeah. So I'm curious, and there's, there's actual fans of the TV show, and I'm kind of curious because I did not know that. I did not know a lot of the violence was trimmed down, and uh, there was the story was actually, the story got better, apparently. Uh, they said it got interesting because you followed the female character, and Blade would show up once in a while, but it was still, like, important when he would show up. So, yeah. and I think the female character, sorry, spoilers, at some point, uh, she gets turned into a vampire. And so she's, you're following her story, dealing with that. And then when Blade would show up, they kind of had uh, uh, good charisma together. I, I, this is what, what fans of the show are saying. We may still revisit it and be like, this is some bullshit. This is a disgrace. I mean, you never know, right? But the yeah. second... The sucky thing is, is I think you can watch it. I might be wrong, but I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime, and it's on Tubi. And I wanted to revisit it, but it says TV fourteen. Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, oh, they maybe trim it down even more than. Yeah, maybe when hell freezes over, and I'm in a Best Buy somewhere, and I look in the bargain bin for the whole entire show for five dollars. Maybe <laughs> I might pick it up and give it a shot and, you know, maybe talk about it in a future video. But yeah, I just wasn't digging it. Uh, cross, cross-eyed, glass-eyed blade was not cutting it for me. Uh, but we are here to talk about all three films. So you paid $7.99 for the trilogy, right? Yes, sir. Um, so basically you paid $7.99 for the first two films and you got the third film for free. Shows how much it's really worth, or what people think, or what they think it's worth. I mean, it's I didn't I I got, I mean it was from the Spike TV because I think Spike TV was a station that was like it's all on its own and it started its own like uh to be I guess towards a more mature audience and yeah 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 it would it was a little more lewd at that time like in the early two thousands yeah as far as now like everything is pretty much you know PG thirteen now and you know you say something wrong or you say something to about the the wrong you know race or anything like that people get crazy about it yeah yeah, yeah. but um but i i was surprised one thing i was surprised was about his acting like i thought it was going to be a little bit worse yeah but yeah but when you thought about the cross-eyed sticky fingers and <laughs> well what, and, I, what i meant by the third film for free i'm talking about blade trinity oh which okay we're, <laughs> which, we're get, which we'll get to later now now I don't know. This may be an interesting video. You may have really liked the film, and that's fine. But we'll, you know, we'll get into the positives uh, and the negatives of that movie when we get to it. But let's go ahead and first talk about Blade 1998. Son, 1998. Wesley Snipes bringing it. Uh, it's directed by Steve Stephen Norrington, written by David S. Goyer. Doing a little fact checking over here at IMDb. Uh, starring, uh, also starring Stephen Dorff, Chris Christopherson, uh, Boucher Wright, Donald Logue, Udo uh, Kier, 
and uh, Tracy Lords for five minutes. But, <laughs> but um, were you aware of the Blade comic book character uh, before the film came out? Actually, I was since, I mean, like, I was deep into the, the hardcore comics of, like, the early 90s and the, towards the middle 90s and then the late 90s. But I was more um, into, like, say, Ghost Rider or any other, like, the Midnight Suns, yeah. uh, Morbius, uh, Man-Thing. Yeah, uh, Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost wow, Rider. man. I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's A, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was I wasn't that familiar with with um, Blade. Yeah. Um, and neither 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 was I. I the only I seen a few comics, but I didn't. I was not drawn to them. But the really the only fi- um, familiarity was from the 1990 Spider-Man animated show, and there was yeah. that episode on there where Blade. I think it was maybe it was a two-parter, and there was an episode on there where Blade showed up. And I guess the Spider-Man was fighting Morbius. They were fighting Morbius and a uh, vampire villain from Marvel Comics. And I was just like, dude, who's this guy? You know? But it really wasn't until the film came out where I was just like, just in love with the character. Like, I was not, I didn't know what to expect. The first Blade was really a pleasant surprise. And and uh, I don't know if you knew this, you probably did. Uh, you probably do, but... Around this time, comic books for Marvel were not doing well. As a company, they weren't really selling well. They weren't doing well. And it was a huge risk to try to launch into the movie business with an obscure character. Like, not start with Spider-Man or somebody more known. They really risked it starting with an obscure character. Somebody didn't, you know, not that many people know. Now, there was The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren, which was R-rated. Uh, that came out uh, early 90s. It was the early 90s or late, late 80s. I don't remember as of right now. But um, And you have that film, which yeah. technically you could say is the first R-rated Marvel superhero film. But in terms of mainstream launch, you know, mainstream success, Blade really saved Marvel Comics at the time. And now other studios kind of took a risk. We're like, all right, we have a property here. Let's, you know, let's, here comes Sam Raimi from Sony Pictures, you know, and let's take a risk on Spider-Man now and then Daredevil and X-Men and all that stuff. And I, and, but Blade, a lot of people forget that Blade was the first that really got Marvel's foot in the door and was a success and made other companies in Hollywood go, hmm, maybe we can do something about that. So some people have made videos that, you know, that we probably wouldn't have the MCU right now if it wasn't for Blade. And that's, that's credit to how entertaining and good the movie is and how it's, you know, still to this day, well-received, you know. And um, I really enjoyed it, man. It, it scratched the fucking itch. It scratched the itch, damn it. That's right, the action itch. And um, the sad thing, though, is, well, I'll get to the sad part at the end, but... What I really liked about the Blade movie was, you know, it's, it's it's not too much of an origin story. He's already, the movie already starts with one of the most kick-ass, badass fight scenes. You know, iconic. There's iconic imagery in this movie. You know, just him standing there in the club, the bloodbath club, and all the vampires are bathed in blood, and he's just standing there. You, you can take a snippet of that, a screenshot hanging on the wall. 
I mean, there's so many moments like that, right? Him, you know, Susie, after the carnage of the bloodbath, him sneaking out of, a, of the building and slowly walking towards his vehicle that's in the shadows and the wind is blowing and it's dark. And it's just like, there's, there's so many moments like that in this movie where it's like art. And, and I, <clears throat> excuse me. And I was just like, this is a fucking badass. Now they could have fucked it all up. The, you know, they, could, they still could have had Wesley Snipes. But what if they gave him some whack-ass outfit, like some bullshit superhero outfit, some, you know, the movie was, the movie was PG-13, it wasn't violent. I mean, they really could have fucked this de- debut up, like, but they didn't, you know, they didn't. And, um, you know, the, the opening scene was so badass with him coming in fucking up all the vampires. I mean, just think about it. When was the last time? that we had in a mainstream action movie, a mainstream action film that was released in all theaters everywhere. But the opening action sequence, the hero used a shotgun, automatic weapons, uh, silver stakes to stab motherfuckers, right? Yeah. I think he had a crossbow too. And he whipped out the iconic, you know, blade katana sword, you know, looking sword. I mean... Multiple weapons is what I'm saying here. Like and the hero's glaive, going up. when he had the glaive. Yeah. When he had the glaive, you just you just toss it over there and he killed like three vampires all at once going around. It's an iconic weapon. It is I I've been you know, I've I've for a long time have been wanting to buy a uh, a replica of the blade glaive and uh, the sword. But uh, everywhere I look on the malls, in the malls and you know online, they're always like bootleg versions that something's not quite right. That's why I never bought uh, bought those. But, dude, the glaive is so iconic, man. When he threw that thing, spinning around, cutting up vampires, he catches it. I mean, you know, he sets the dude on fire. <laughs> like, all of this happened in the opening action sequence, like the beginning of the movie. This is a, this is a fight scene that easily could have been the finale of yeah. another action film. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? And that's why I was kind of disappointed in the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Now, I like Thomas Jane as Punisher, but the movie itself, it kind of felt like, it was kind of weak. It kind of felt like a soft R. And when he finally was kicking ass and and finally, it wasn't really to the end and it was just kind of like, "Mm," you know, we could have had Thomas Jane do a lot more is what I'm saying. But um, yeah, you know, we, we have this opening finale badass fight that introduces the character but the very iconic you know techno rave music of the time uh when you hear that oh, song cool. you, <laughs> i had i i i know i know don't don't hate me man don't hate me but i still oh, know man i know oh you like the soundtrack i mean it's i thought it was i thought it was all right but i mean like at that time like the techno thing was in the that was, you know, it was uh, the late, <laughs> it was the late 90s, man. So I guess yeah. that was the in thing, you know, that was the, yeah. let's uh, do a techno and, you know, yeah. add it to like a rave. It's like, it was like a rave kind of scene. And I think yeah. it was in like some kind of, it looked like some kind of either morgue or slaughterhouse or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it was like the right scene for the right, like it was for that movie and the right opening. It was like the perfect scene that you would guess, like people would be like, you know what? It was just like thought of out of nowhere that you'd be like, holy shit, that was like one of the baddest opening scenes. And then with the, instead of the water, they used blood and yeah, and Tracy Lords <laughs> freaking 
cussing out and, you know, getting freaking kicked and turning sideways. And then <laughs> Blade ended up, you know, hitting her right in the crotch. And then he shoots her head off. And I mean, it's all in the beginning. <laughs> and this is all in the beginning of the movie. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's so badass, you know. And, uh, even, and, and then when I started to note, when I rewatched all three films last night, and I know you rewatched them as well, I know <laughs> I noticed more and more the 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 little the little uh, blade isms you know like when Wesley Snipes used the crossbow to pin uh, uh, Deacon Frost's number two up against yeah. the wall he's like Queen. yeah <laughs> he like makes that motion oh man like, that's that is that's so nineties man that is so nineties it's so hilarious though but he would have these little you know he would smile and grin I think that's I think that's what made the Blade character more likable was because how Wesley Snipes played him because he's a he's a killing machine. Yeah. And he is a killing machine. He has all their strengths and none of their weaknesses because uh, he's half vampire. And it's like he really could have just been this boring, bland, I kill vampires character and that's it. But the way Wesley Snipes played him, he gave him a little bit of personality, but it was subtle. It was yeah. subtle. You know, once in a while he'd crack his he'd crack a grin to be sarcastic, or he would uh, or he would get angry, like the part in the hospital when he's going in to finish off the vampire that he set on fire, right? And yeah. then the security guards come up there and they shoot him, and he turns around and he goes, "Motherfucker, are you out your damn mind!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like his moments, like, like Wesley Snipes gave him, even though he's a very stoic, quiet, serious character who's just there to kill. And doesn't obviously does not have family upbringing like Whistler, really is the closest thing to a father figure for him. Still, Wesley Snipes played him in a way where he did, uh, have you know he shows emotion, but in subtle ways which work, which we'll we'll get to later when we when we talk about Whistler's death in, in oh, yeah. that movie. So, what were some of the things you liked about Blade and uh, some of the things you didn't like? Well. Honestly, like I said, um, be like honest, earlier, man. Be honest. Oh well, I mean, well, I mean, like, and you know, you know me, Ron. Really, I'll say it straight, man. And yeah, and like, in all, in all honesty, like you said earlier, like you mentioned, that I, you know, if I had any prior knowledge about Blade as far as Marvel comics and anything, and I had very little, but like I did notice some things about Blade was that in the comic books he was actually just born. Like a vampire, he was born a vampire, but without any of their strengths. Right. And you, it's you're gonna trip out. I don't know if you if you know this kind of knowledge, but I I did some some you know some digging, and actually, it wasn't until Blade had a confrontation and he was older, of course. It wasn't until he had a confrontation with Morbius that Morbius bit him and he became a full vampire. Ooh. All right. That's, Interesting. That's that's when he. That's when he became. That's when he became a full vampire because the DNA of him being part vampire was only his blood, and of course Morbius is the living vampire. So something kind of like a mutation happened. Okay. And and he like fully became a vampire, and then he gained all of their strengths, and that's when he became the, the Daywalker. Wow! Look at that. That's, that's 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 knowledge. Knowledge. I'm gaining the knowledge. Yes. It's, oh, that's, that's actually interesting too. That's actually pretty interesting. Well, that's, <clears throat> that's why I wanted to. That's why I wanted to throw that out there. And then, yeah. And then now you asking. And then now you asking me what I liked about the film. I mean, man, there's 
for of course it's a it's a, a great late nineties film. I think Wesley Snipes was like that's that's his character. Like you're oh, if, yeah. you, if you mention Wesley Snipes, you're gonna be okay. You know what that Wesley Wesley Snipes is late. Like, yes. He's there's the way his hairstyle was, the way he had the tattoos going from his back, you know, to his neck. Uh, of course, the um, the clothes and the the leather, the leather pants and the yeah, boots and everything. The trench coat. The, the weapons. I mean, the weapons. Yeah, the weapons. I mean, of course, they they improvised on the weapons. They added the glaive. They added yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the you know the the shotgun crossbow and yeah, yeah. But I mean, there's some like the. The main thing about it is like there's so many things I can mention, but like the the best thing I uh, the best thing I liked about Blade was his was his image as a character, and Wesley Snipes is known as a really good actor. So how he was able to like make Blade less sociable, less likable, yeah, and showing less emotion, right, was really the the part like that. Like man, it, it like it's like he didn't even have to work at it. He's like, you know what? If you want me to play this character and make him you know, a little bit dull yet give him a little bit of a give him a little bit of a of spice as far as him being more, you know, showing more emotion. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's what I that's uh, a thing I liked about just just the character overall was just nice being played. Yeah. And, and I started uh, I started to notice after the first two films, the comic books, the character started to kind of look similar to yeah. the Wesley Snipes version, which is perfectly fine by us because it's it's fucking badass. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's the character's just really great. Now, in the original comics, wasn't he supposed to be British? Um, that I don't that I don't know okay. exactly, but okay. um, I do I do know that his actual attire and his his clothes and his uniform and his uh, gear that he used in the actual movie of of uh, Blade nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, actually, actually, in the comic books. His he used to wear a green trench coat with dark brown pants. Didn't he have an afro? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I think he just had a, a straight flat top. Okay, okay, okay. I think he just had a straight <clears throat> flat top, and uh, but he had the lines. Right. Yeah, right. like he had the three lines. Yeah. And, uh, and he had um he had like dark brown boots. Right. Um, and he had he had kind of like spikes. He had like kind of like spikes on the I think on the edge on the edge on the ends of his uh of his trench coat that was green. Right, 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 right. But, uh, yeah, but that's but that's <clears throat> that's when you could tell. Yeah, that's when you could tell was like the original blade. They they, they like they totally changed it up. It's a like, nah. This guy, uh, we got to make him look like a a dominatrix with you know a whole bunch of <laughs> a whole bunch of leather, a whole bunch of weapons and spikes, but just add a few shotguns and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's and that's that's what they did and you know it's and funny that, it's funny as much as you know I enjoy the first Matrix movie the first Matrix movie <laughs> um and they have the badass long black trench coats and the sunglasses Blade did it a year earlier yeah exactly he did it a year earlier and you know what's interesting is I don't know if you're aware excuse me um, I know Wesley Snipes at the time was trying to work hard to, you know, to become the first black superhero yeah. in Hollywood. And he was originally supposed to be Black Panther. They were yeah. actually going to try to make a Black Panther movie back in the 90s, which I don't know, that, that probably would have been kind of weak, I think. Yeah. Um, but you never know. Maybe it could have been badass if we still had the martial arts in there, but 
Um, that didn't work out. And then he decided to do Blade. Thankfully for us and himself as a career choice, he decided to do Blade. But our boy Michael J. White beat him to the punch with Spawn, which came out yeah. in 1997. Yeah. So nobody talks about it. <clears throat> excuse me. Because Spawn gets a really bad rap. But Michael J. White technically is the first black superhero in a Hollywood mainstream release film. Okay. Yeah. So, exactly. uh, you know, but yeah. I just want to just throw a little history tidbits out there, juices for those that are watching and listening. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, but um, back to uh, 98 here with Blade. So let's go down the, the, the list here. So not only uh, do, did, you know, did I grow to love the Blade character, because he easily could, you know, with bat, with different dialogue, directing, and, and acting, he could have been a very unlikable character. Yeah. He could have been just this asshole. But, you know, they made sure the acting and directing the dialogue was, was done very well, and we ended up liking Blade. But I was not expected to like his sidekick a lot as well. We have Chris Christopherson, the, the veteran, the legendary uh, actor from, from back in the day. Uh, playing Whistler, his sidekick, and he's hilarious. Like yeah. he's a bad, he's a badass himself. He's like he don't give a fuck, man. He's like I'm putting gasoline in Blade's car, but I'm smoking, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and just the way he talks, like Chris Christopherson's voice, you know, oh, yeah. he's gonna be eating shit for a year, you know. This, this dialogue was hilarious, but he wasn't fucking <laughs> around either, you know. He wasn't fucking around in that movie, and he was a really great likable uh, sidekick to blade and they had really good uh chemistry as well and uh that that worked really good to the point where oh i'm sorry i should have said this earlier spoilers for all three films if i if i didn't say that earlier i'm saying it now (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry spoilers of all these three movies um uh let's rewind a little bit first before we get to the, the other spoiler part so, did you want to talk about the plot like a little bit? Just give a brief, tiny plot synopsis for people that are new to Blade and may not know about it. Uh, other things that, as far as the, the film, as far as the film goes, the one part that that tripped me out was that they didn't automatically know that a lot of people probably didn't know was that. Blade in the movie, he was actually, how, how can I say it? Like he, um, they added the fact that he needed to drink blood, that he, that his body required for him to, to drink blood. And he, still, he was still dealing with the thirst. Yes, exactly. And in the, and in the comic books, actually that's, that, that doesn't, that's not in, that's not in the comic books. Okay. In the, yeah. In the, in the comic books, he doesn't actually have to, he doesn't need to feed on blood. I mean, I think the serum is still part of his actual uh, comic book character as far as now. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how it is now. Maybe they did add it now, you know, since you know it's 2020 and this is like yeah, 28. yeah. But like, uh, so what some people didn't know as far as the comic book blade and the movie 98 blade was the thirst was actually not part of the co- of the actual comic books and the information and the lore. What wow. they actually they actually added that that he um that he has to take the serum and he ha- and right. 
when he drink, that he has to drink blood um, right. in the in the film, and that's another thing. Like a lot of people, like you know, when I found out about it, I was like, I was like, wow, like I didn't even know about that. You know, I just thought Blade. I thought he required it. Yeah. Like all the time, like or or right. that serum that he needed to take, and right, right. that was another thing that that kind of threw me off. And then I did the research and everything, and I'm sure a lot of people. If I if I didn't know about it, and you know, I'm a I'm a Marvel fan, you know, just like yeah. you, you know, we're we're Marvel fans and everything. Yeah. We try to get as deep and we try to gather as much information and process it. Yeah, I didn't know can. about it. You just not let you. You're telling me now, so that's really yeah. interesting. <laughs> that's why, like, but that was like, but it like, still, um, it still worked for the film, though. Yeah, yeah, that that was uh, that was uh, now that you asked me that that was a good question about uh, like a like a small plot synopsis. That was the one that I could just think of right away. Yeah, that um that a lot of people that I thought that I I didn't know about it, you didn't know about it, and a lot of people didn't know about it, and then right. and, um and then the fact that uh like hitting a uh, hitting into it was uh, Doc, uh Karen the his um the the girl that got bitten and became a vampire that she cured herself. Yeah, she she was the one that created a better serum for the other two folks. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. So, and, and so and that's she, why, like, she ended up curing herself, too. Yeah, and that, that was another thing that kind of threw me off, too. I was like, wow, I didn't know that you could cure vampirism. Yeah. But, you know, but I, but I guess it wasn't... They used mysticism in, in this film, but kind of, yeah. they, kind of, they kind of made it scientific at the same right. time. So that's right. why you know, but that was another thing that that actually like you know the kind of the kind of plot the little so little plot points that that made me like okay that wow you can cure vampirism and then yeah. they use science with mysticism right so, and it was it only worked on people who were bitten I yeah. believe it didn't yeah, like, work like on it, it didn't work on uh, people who were born vampires just people who were bitten yeah. it worked on them which was which is interesting you know now. The <laughs> I think it's I think it's creative and hilarious at the same time because it's kind of ridiculous. Let's talk about the vampire mascara. <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, which was inconsistent throughout the movie. Because if you look at exactly. it, you got you got you know Deacon Frost's character and his group. They're basically having an uprising. They're, they want to take over because the, 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 one of the plots of the film is you have Udo Kier, another, uh, another legend of the, of the genre. You have him out there. He's kind of like a head of the vampire house. You have these different yeah. houses, different lords. And they were they're like, look, we're rich. We're successful. We're, we're running things. We don't need to uh, you know, go out there and fuck up our relationship with the humans that know we exist, right? They know exactly. we're in charge. But we're not gonna throw our weight around, you know. And then, then the humans are gonna turn on us, and then we're gonna have a war. Everyone's exactly. rich. We're we're living the life. Don't fuck things up. Well, on, you know, Stephen Dorff's Deacon Frost character, he doesn't see it that way. He's not. He wasn't born a vampire. You know, he's a. You know, he was. He was. He was turned, and he is like, you know, hey, we need to be running shit. You know, these guys are cattle. They're food. Why are we, you know, working with these guys? We should be running shit. So he goes through the vampire Bible and uh, uh, tries to figure out an old legend uh, of a the vamp, uh, what it takes to create or bring back or resurrect this vampire-like god, I think, called Lamagra. Yeah. I think that's what it was Lamagra. called. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, that's what Deacon Frost is trying to do. So, But... Of course, you know, him and Udo Kier are butting, butting heads. So he's like, all right, we need to take this motherfucker out. 
So him and his crew put on the vampire mascara. <laughs> they take Udo Kira out to the beach, I think, and then they talk shit to him. They take his teeth out uh, yeah. just to throw down on the table for the other lords to know that, hey, don't fuck with me. I just killed your boss kind of thing. But before, but before that, <laughs> you know, it's like bare, the sun is barely coming out, right? And Udo Kier is already smoking. He's already steaming. But they're yeah. okay. They're okay because they have the vampire mascara, right? But then when the sun, sun really starts to, you know, come out, then they're like, all right, fuck it. We need the motorcycle helmet. Let's put the motorcycle helmet on, put the black shade down, and then we're okay. But then <laughs> later in the movie... Later in the movie, Deacon Frost is just walking out in the sunset, the sun, the daytime. He's just walking around with no motorcycle helmet, no shade. He's just got vampire mascara is good enough. But it was one of those movies, it was one of those things that it was just creative, I guess, but kind of hilarious at the same time because, you know, it was, it, was, it was inconsistent of how powerful the vampire mascara was to keep the sun away from killing them. <laughs> that was a little nitpick. It was a little, it was a little cheesy, but it was fine because at that point in the film, when you get to that point, you're already on board with the story. You already yeah. like the characters. You're already entertained by the villain. So the little, those little things, you can turn your brain off or stuff like that. That's fine. But it's still, if you think about it, it's kind of funny. Uh, the vampire mascara thing. But so, so you have Blade <laughs> when, he, <laughs> when he was young. I mean, like, he was, oh, go ahead. It was, it was something. It was something used. Like it's something like like you said. It's already. You're already interested in the characters. You're already interested in Blade. You got already a, a, a little bit of a backstory with, especially with Whistler and then with everything else going on and then finding out about how they use blips to um, yes. distinguish uh, the, the actual people that are, um, how do you say it? That are the familiars. Uh, familiars, yeah. yeah. And then this, like you said, this is that's a good point because this, the sunblock to me threw me off too. I was like, wow, I mean, that must be some really freaking good sunblock. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I was like, I mean, but like you said, it was, it was, it was kind of corny and it was, you know, kind of silly, yeah. but I mean, it was, it was like used like so quick and so fast that right. you know, like, like, like in the movie, like people can be like, you know, it's easily forgettable. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but I mean, I was just like, uh, but wow. I mean, I mean, uh, if, I mean, they, you would think about, it, okay, if they had vampire mascara, then they, you, you would think the actual elders would be using that already. And going out and, you know, <laughs> instead of having to go, you know, instead of having to do, like, you know, underworld negotiations and, oh, you know what, I, I could only do it at night, whatever. Yeah. You know, could have done something like that. But it does kind of give off that kind of, like, you know what, why are you wearing mascara? You know, it's so bright. It's so, it's kind of grayish, you know, why are you wearing that in daylight? So yeah. it was, it's, it's an easy, it was a, it was an easy, silly you can part of the movie that, it. you know, that, that's easy, that's, it's, you see it and it's like, it's forgettable. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But what's funny, though, what's funny is it is forgettable, but some people remember it. Some people. Uh, there's a hilarious, hilarious show on FX right now. I highly recommend called What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if you watched that. It is hilarious. It's uh, the second season's almost done. I highly recommend you guys, uh, you and whoever's watching and listening to what check out What I'll, We I'll Do in the Shadows. First, watch the movie. The movie is hilarious. So watch the movie first, and then go watch the, t the TV series after, because it's a different cast. It's a different uh, characters. Uh, but it's funny, because in, there was an episode where <laughs> the female vampire of the show turns a uh, college girl into a vampire, right? Because she felt sorry for her. 
So she's like, because she's getting picked on, no guys like her and all that. She's like, hey, let me go and give her some powers. So she turns her into a vampire. So it, it goes horribly wrong. I know we're getting off track, but I just want to bring this up because at the end, she's like, thank you for giving me this gift. You know, the girl is, right? And she's like, let's spend the last day today. Let's watch the sunset, right? Or let's watch the sun come up, right? And then, and then the vampire girls, the, the vampire female characters, like, but are we going to get burned? She's like, no, we'll just do like you didn't blade. And this is a recent show. This is a recent wow. show. And they're sitting on top of the roof and they're both wearing the black motorcycle helmets with the, with the face shield. And they're sitting up there like, oh, this is wonderful. And then all of a sudden they're like, fuck this. <laughs> and they start burning. And then they just run out of there. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. But I was like, wow. They actually had a callback, callback to Blade. Yeah. How many years later? You know? Oh, so wow. The, the, I mean, the movie geez. still stay, has stayed with some people and it's become a cult classic uh, with others as well. But uh, but yeah, so back to the plot. So we have Blade. Um, his mother was attacked by Deacon Frost, which is revealed later. It's a big reveal later. And uh, he's born uh, half, basically. We've got a damn fear. Is that what you called it? Uh, yeah, a damn fear, yeah. Damn fear, right? And uh, he's out in the streets, blood, you know, growing up. Basically, this young, young kid killing folks. He doesn't know what he's doing, you know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know who he is, what he is, and he's just up running around, running out there. And he comes across. He tries to attack Whistler, who was already a young vampire. Well, you know, not young, but vampire hunter himself because a vampire killed his family, which was yeah. revealed later. Really good acting and backstory from uh, Chris Christopherson. So Chris takes him in. Once Chris realized what what he is, he's like, "What the hell, man? This guy's totally different. He's not your usual vampire." And he takes him underneath his you know, under his wing and raises him in a way. And then that's their relationship, so. And they're going around killing the vampires and just trying to kill as many as they can, basically. And uh, they're trying to hunt Deacon Frost, man, because he's the one causing the most trouble, but they can't find him, and then, and then they finally meet. Actually, like, even though the mascara scene um, is, you know, in the park, where he's in the park, Deacon Frost is in the park, basically, in broad daylight. <laughs> exactly yeah. even though that's a little silly what's like you said when you, you forget about that stuff because of the acting and between you know steven dorff and wesley snipes that was a really good scene with them together they finally meet together for the first time face to face really good dialogue and you, it's almost like are we about to draw right now you know <laughs> like it's almost <laughs> like a standoff you know what i mean you know exactly. and, and, and you know blade wants to kill him right then and there but you know, he's got, Frost, is, Frost isn't stupid. He's got the little girl right here. He's like, I'll fuck, yeah. her, I'll fuck her up if you try something. But he tries to recruit him. He tries to recruit him. And, he's, and he tells Blade, he's like, look, even if you kill all of us, you know, do you think humanity, humankind is going to accept you? They're not going to accept you. Why? Because you're, what do you say? You're a fucking maniac. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said in the movie, right? He's like, look, join us. We'll give you a home. You'll be a stud. And at first you kind of think, well, maybe he's really trying to, instead of fighting Blade, bring him into the fold. But what he's really trying to do is, according to the myth, they need the blood to raise Lamagra. They need the blood of a Dampir. Am I saying it right? Dampir, Dampir. Yep. Uh, that, that, yeah, Dampir's, uh, Dampir slash Daywalker. 
Daywalker. Like, it's like, it's like, we're yeah, called yeah, Daywalker. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he's really trying to do. So um, things don't go right. <clears throat> There's conflict. We get some really cool action scenes here and there. What did you think of Pearl? <laughs> do you oh, remember? Man, like, first, first it was hilarious when I when I saw when I was like at first I was like holy shit like damn and then and then and then you know Pearl freaking farts in the middle of them walking <laughs> in, <laughs> and then uh, and then they start and then he starts and it's just it's funny just the the way they of course I'm pretty sure they enhance the voice but yeah it's like, he's here he's here. This big, huge, gigantic, large, like huge, uh, eight fat samurai guys put together. Uh, <laughs> vampire, <laughs> vampire called Pearl. They come across this character. I just want to not. I, just, I have to talk about Pearl just a little bit because it's hilarious. And uh, this person is kind of like the the. The, the the archive the guardian of the, the kind of archives the the vampire bible and the glyphs right yeah that exactly was, yeah right and uh, uh, basically it was just useless I don't I, it didn't get up and fight or anything it was too damn big uh, <laughs> but they end up killing it after they get the important information but I just want to talk about like even though it's kind of a funny scene the practical effects was pretty good yeah like, oh yeah of the yeah. Of the you know of the massive vampire creature is actually pretty good the record the record keeper yes yeah, yeah thank the you yeah, thank yeah. you yeah so yeah the the pretty good practical effects when we got we got some decent uh makeup effects and practical effects throughout the film, but before we get into the third act and we talk about the finale and whatnot and 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 what happens to Whistler, as much as I love the movie. It scratches the fucking itch. I'll defend it till I die. For me, in the genre that it represents, it's a five-star movie. Even though it's not perfect, it's five stars for me. Five stars. For me. Um, and there's not that many badass comic book films like it. And that's why it's kind of stood the test of time for me. But I have to be honest, right? There's a few negatives here. And one of the negatives... Uh, is the CGI. Yeah. The, the visual effects, I know during the uh, making of the film, I know they did run out of time. They ran out of time. And the budget obviously wasn't as big as, you know, the Marvel films we got now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but the CGI, at the time when the movie came out, I was fine. But it was fucking 1998. I was okay with it. Like, it didn't really bother me, right? But when you watch it on Blu-ray, of course, Blu-ray enhances everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, no. Like, um, for example, at the end, where uh, Deacon Frost's character, they start, you know, they, when they raise La Magra, yeah, all yeah. The, skele the skeleton vampire things pop out all the elders, and then they're sure. flying around, they're flying through him. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. It's, it's rough looking, you know what I mean? And a lot of that is, you know, due to time constraints and, and, and budget. You know, that, it, is, it is what it is. It is what it is for its time. <clears throat> also for 98, I mean. Yeah. For the year 98. Yeah, and this, isn't, this, yeah, and this wasn't even big budget in 1998. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and a good example of how things were not finished. Uh, did you did you get a chance to watch any deleted scenes on the DVD? Oh, you know what? Um, no, actually, that's <laughs> they, I would you would you would think I would have gotten to the deleted scenes, but I was like, no, you know what? I just kept focusing on the film. Yeah, that's all. That's all. And, uh, that's all we really needed. That's, I was just yeah. throwing it out, just making you aware of it. But there's a yeah. there's an alternate. <laughs> there's a deleted scene on there. That was supposed to be the original idea for uh, Frost versus Blades in fight. And it's horrible. It's <laughs> god awful because wow. the special effects weren't done. And so oh, they man. raised Lamagra up. So there's no sword fight, there's none of that. They raise Lamagra up, and it becomes this big, huge, gigantic blood tornado thing. And oh, it, fill, it fills up the room, and Blades like hanging on the wire, like trying not to get sucked into it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> All of a sudden, Deacon Frost's head—it's so bad, dude, for com comedic, com you know, comedy purposes. Watch it because it's hilarious. You see Deacon, <laughs> you see Frost's head pop out and go, "Hey, Blade, <laughs> I'm all powerful now, and I'm gonna kick your ass." And there's nothing you do about it. It's so bad. It's so oh, bad. Man. So thankfully, they didn't go with that route because it was horrible. So, but anyway, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> The CGI, you know, especially when he, when he's killing the vampires, like in the club and stuff, and they disintegrate. It's kind of rough. Yeah, it's kind of rough. You know what I mean? But it doesn't detract. From, usually, bad CGI usually sticks out like a sore thumb, and it usually ruins your viewing experience, right? Oh, which yeah. for which for me, I don't know. I can't speak for others, but which for me, it did not for 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 Blade. It did not ruin. Yeah. The badass, awesome, kick-ass experience that was played. So, but I have to be honest, CGI did not age well. Got to be honest. Got to point that out, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, and you mentioned, and you mentioned, because, um, like I said, I bought it on, I, I bought it on, on DVD. So I can imagine if I would have bought it on Blu-ray and then put it on my 4K <laughs> TV, and I would, I would have been like, oh man, I'm like, it's, it's, um, how do you say it? Oh my God, it's, it's Rego all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> so that's so yeah, so that's why, like you said, it's a, that was a good point. I mentioned like, yeah, I bought it on, I bought it on DVD, so it it doesn't. I mean, I guess because it's 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 you know DVD is not as good quality, so it, it doesn't. I didn't pertain it to look that bad, right. but I would like you said, if I were to see it on Blu-ray, right. I'd be like, ooh, yeah, ninety-eight <laughs> definitely is a is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay if you like Rago, man. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with liking Rago. It's all good, man. You can't agree on everything. It would be boring, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah, but you had a, I mean, but I mean, but it's a good thing, like you said, man. I mean, I haven't even seen that uh, deleted scene, so it's a good thing I didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> after, after we're done with this video, you got to watch it and let me know what you think <laughs> well, about it. Now, now of course, now I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be like, oh, wow. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh but uh yeah so where are we at the plot now where, where, am i miss anything important before we get to the third uh, act i know we pretty much caught we pretty much already covered are we already we already covered um the the funnier parts which was of course pearl and and then the deleted scenes and then going right. as far as um yeah going as far as deacon frost you know using the the ultra 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 sunblock so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I think uh, at this point um, in the story, uh, 
obviously they find out where their hideout is. You know, Deacon Frost's character. You know what? Before we go on, let's talk about Steven Dorff. I still feel the same way, I you know, about his uh, performance as this character as I did when I first saw the movie many, many, many years ago. And I really like his performance as Deacon Frost. I really like it. It's like the perfect example of douchebaggery, right? Perfect <laughs> example of douchebag mixed with, I'm going to slit your throat. Exactly. I think that's why it works. And, uh, you know, I've always wondered what the fuck happened to Steven Dorff? What happened? If you watch his performance in this movie, you would think he would have gone on to other things. Now, I know he still works. I know he still makes movies, but, you know, I don't mean, I don't mean, he, he, I'm not saying he needed to be a superstar, yeah. but you would think you would see him more in mainstream projects. I mean, really, the last movie I saw with him in it, who was, he was co-starring in, was The Immortals, uh, yeah, starring exactly. Henry Cavill. And me and my buddy Fat Ninja were, like, in the theater because we're fans of Blade 2, and we were fans of his performance in Blade 2. And we were in the theater like, dude, it was nice seeing Stephen Dorff. You know, it was, it was nice seeing him in, in, in that movie, even though it was a small part. Uh, but, yeah, it would have been nice to see him do more. I know he's still working, and I know he still has his fans. But uh, you know, it would be nice to push him into push him into you know the main light for more projects. He doesn't have to be the star. But have him co-star in more stuff. You know what I mean? So I mean, he was a good. I, I thought he was a good actor, and he yeah. I mean, it, I I didn't. I had nothing. I mean, just the name, just the name of the of the character they used from Marvel Comics fit yeah. his character. Yeah, it just it just fit his character. He had that. He had, yeah, he had that. Uh, I mean, he said he he had that that. How, how do you say like uh that american psycho character slash a person that's um pretty much uh a spoiled rich boy yeah yeah slash you know right. slash with uh, slash with a homicidal maniac yeah and, yeah and, it just it he, just worked and he, and he put it all together and like you know he, i mean of course he was younger but i mean he had that he had that that factor of a villain that you know what he like he didn't give a shit he was raw he's like i'm gonna do whatever i want rather yeah. you're with me or you're without me yeah i mean be pretty sure i'm pretty sure even if like <clears throat> like uh, like we, we talked about earlier that if he would have brought blade into the fold he would have screwed over blade the first chance he got oh yeah and and just use him and then he just would have been you know what i don't need more competition i don't need a uh, one alpha i don't need another alpha male you know leading my uh pack of you know leading my wolf pack you know so he yeah. was yeah, you can tell he was a kind of person that was he he'll he'll play with you, he'll play with your thoughts, and then he'll screw you over for the chance he gets. You fall asleep, you slit your throat, right. you turn your back, stab yeah. you in the back, and he yeah. just had that he had that factor to him. And mm -hmm. like I, I didn't have anything bad to say about his character, just <clears> towards, <throat> uh, just towards like you know uh, just some of the other people that were in the movie that that he co-starred with that were the villains. But um, no, but I mean, Steven Dorff was, I mean, he's a good, he was a good actor. I yeah. think I, I actually I, thought, hmm. go ahead. I think, I think that would have been another thing that would have ruined this movie's success. If Blade, you could have the exact same movie and everything. And I think it would have tainted, tainted it if we had a really bad, bland, boring villain. Exactly. Really would have hurt, really would have hurt Blade. And you know, what's funny. When I look at the, 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 the Deacon, when I look at the Deacon Frost character, why do I have a feeling, or the way Stephen Dorff uh, portrayed him, 
why do I have the feeling if I that character if that character was played today I would hate him. Oh yeah. Like I would hate him. Like it would not work. It would not work. It would be played. I guarantee you, it would be played by some twenty-year-old, some twenty-year-old, just cocky, overacting, trying to be super evil, and it just would have failed. And I would be like, "Fuck it, die, kill him." You know, I would <laughs> hate. I just have a feeling somebody playing that type of character now probably would fail. I think they would fail. Oh, yeah miserably because the, 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 the frost character was entertaining i think it may be a good example of a character similar played now or maybe a couple of years back but just failed horribly was the main villain blackheart from ghost rider oh yeah nicholas that's there you go that's yeah. frost played wrong right, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. even though he's another character the guy was trying to play it like like him is oh yeah man terrible yeah. And there was one more too I had in my head. Oh man! Yeah, it'll come back to me later. But there was one more. I mean, I the, I mean the Blackheart character was. I mean, I, I really tried, and I did like. I did. In, I did enjoy somewhat Ghost Rider, but I really tried to like Blackheart, and I do like that actor. The actor, he's a great freaking actor that played a, a guy that played Blackheart in Ghost Rider. Yeah. But man, I really tried hard to. Yeah. To like that, to like that that style of Blackheart, man. I really, I, I really you. like tried hard. Man. <clears throat> when I but. saw, I mean, again, budget constraints, but when I saw what Blackheart really looks like in the comics, it's so fucking badass and metal. And then oh, we yeah. just get that dude, and it's just <laughs> when he when he transformed, he just it was like a roar, and then that was it. And I was just like, oh, it was so but, bad. Yeah, but vi- visually. I know a lot of people give uh, both Ghost Rider f- films, you know, they get, they have a horrible bad rap, and a lot of people blame Nicolas Cage for it, and that's not fair. No, no. That's not know. fair. But visually, special effects-wise, the first Ghost Rider for its time, still pretty cool, still pretty cool looking. Oh, yeah, I liked it. The I visuals. Like it. And yeah. the second one had good visuals, too. At least the visuals were good. But, yeah, the same thing with the second movie of Ghost Rider. Horrible villain. Very oh, un, un just that can why do why do when people talk about MCU films nobody talks about the villain from Dark World Thor Dark World nobody talks about that villain <laughs> right because <laughs> I, 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 mean, like, I like parts of Thor Dark World I, I think it's entertaining but yeah. that, no, who I don't remember his name do you remember his name? <laughs> yeah. right? It's uh, Malekith. Malekith the Accursed. Oh, you're way better than me, man. Because I, I <laughs> like as much as look at Guardians of the Galaxy. That's one of the rare occasions where a movie, <clears throat> you know, again, Marvel taking a risk, um, making a big budget movie on an obscure, on an obscure comic book that nobody knows about, with yeah. a really weak villain and Ronan the Accuser. Yeah. Who's a badass in the comics? Ronan's a badass in the comics, but in the movie, he didn't really give that guy another. That that's another good example. That guy's a great actor. That guy, the actor, yeah. I can't remember his Lee name. Pace, right Lee Pace is a is a is a Lee Pace is, was a he was. Yeah. I think he played Ronan. He played Ronan good, and they just didn't like, give him a lot to do. Yeah, and but like making him making him uh, Thanos' little errand boy was probably what they intended to do because like you said the guardians of the galaxy at that point isn't wasn't really uh they weren't really known 
uh, and they, they they came a little bit later. They weren't like a, <laughs> it's not like say it's they're not like other like um, older uh, forms of uh, superhero teams from like the early '90s. You know, of course you had uh, right the Star Jammers, and you had um you know, they had the Nova Corps. You know, they and Guardians of the Galaxy came a little bit like maybe later in like maybe the towards the 2000s. Right. So, so it's, but like Ronan the Accuser also is kind of not too, too new, but he's kind of in between like maybe about maybe late, late 90s or maybe yeah. uh, early 90s. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, and then like you said, um, and going to, like you said, well, us thinking about um, other parts of, of um, Marvel characters that are not known and, and, uh, and actors. And like Lee, Lee Pace and yeah. the guy that played and the guy that played uh, Ronan was a uh, fantastic for Ronan, man. Yeah. And like uh, and like you said, the guy that played Ghost Rider, I forgot his name. I don't know his name. He yeah, did uh, he did a he did a good job, but he was definitely the wrong character. Right. You know what I mean? And and especially and then the guy and then like it's like it's like you would have to get somebody like to play a a, a Deacon Frost like now you would probably have to steal an actual good actor from like the MCU, which would be like, uh, 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 Tom Hiddleston, you know, I yeah, think he, he, would, he probably could have pulled. Fro- yeah. I could see him pulling Frost off. He could pull off, he could pull oh, off, yeah. he could pull off, uh, pull off, uh, a Deacon Frost. And, oh, then, yeah. and now that, and now, and now that we're like on the, we're back on the, like an actual, um, like me, just like, like I said, I, I always do digging when I, when I do, when I try to get into information about Marvel characters. Yeah. Deacon Frost is actually, I don't know if you know this, but Deacon Frost is actually a middle-aged vampire. Like oh, he's really? an actual, yeah, he's actually <clears throat> he's older. older. Yeah, he's okay. an older vampire. He's a, he's probably about, in the comic books, I would say he's probably like in his, in his maybe late 30s, early 40s. See, that's why I want to do this video with you, man. <laughs> I'm getting the knowledge. <laughs> that's it bringing that's what i want to do is like you know sci-fi century knows movies and comic books we gotta we gotta oh, have man. a discussion maybe maybe in the future we can get together and talk about the ghostwriter films oh yeah man definitely. in the future but <laughs> back to blade now um basically they 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 ambush the hideout uh frost's yeah. crew they ambush the hideout they fuck uh they they basically torture and beat to death uh well, he's he's on his way dying. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whistler's character, and this is a really one of the best moments of the film, and uh, people remember this moment because it's very uh, emotional, with not really a lot of emotion to it, and that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, you don't have Blade going, nah, which we'll get to <laughs> later. We'll get to that <laughs> later, right? Oh, he, I saw that this morning. Really show, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. He'll sh- he'll sh- blade subtle. He's subtle when he shows his emotions, right? So when he walks over there, I really like the scene. Re- well acted from both parts. Well, he walks up there, and he's you know wh- uh, Whistler's laying down, covered. There's a sheet covering him with blood all over it. And I love, if you watch that scene again, look at how Wesley Snipes played that scene where he couldn't even look. He couldn't even look at Whistler because he's just like, fuck. You know, this guy was really my only family, really. 
<clears throat> and he grabs, he couldn't even look at it. He grabs it like this and slowly pulls it down. And then he musters up enough courage to finally look. And it looks like, you know, he, it looks like he's dead. And then he, you know, for his last couple of breaths, he, you know, he tells Blade, look, this is the plan Frost was trying to do. I'm just letting you know what his plans are. You need to, you need to, you need to settle it and you need to, actually he told him to leave because he said, your blood is the key blade. That's what they want. So just run away and they won't, you know, resurrect Lamagra. Plus he cares about him because he's the closest thing to him having a son. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, a really good emotional scene. And you could, if you could look at Wesley Snipes face in that scene again, Showing emotion without showing emotion, which was really interesting. He rarely, he, 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 you could tell he's sad in his eyes, and you could tell he's sad a little bit, but he's not bawling or crying out because this is not what Blade does, right? And, um, you know, after he, after he gives him instruction, you know, Whistler tells him, no, you need to finish me off, you know. And, you know, Blade's like, I'm not doing it. And he goes... You know, in, in 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 pure Chris Christopherson fashion, he goes, "Give me the goddamn gun." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, "Give me, give me the fucking gun." All right, that actually, man, that actually just works, man. <laughs> yeah, give me the goddamn gun, Blade. And uh, <laughs> he leaves the gun with him, and then that's it. He slowly walks away in slow motion. The camera's following Blade, and you don't even see it, but you hear it. You hear the gun go off fantastic scene that nobody really gives a lot of credit to especially with marvel or comic book genre movies that a lot of people look down upon a lot of people like eh, they're just roller coaster rides and that's it yeah. not all of them not all of them there's some of them that there's a lot of effort and and, and hard work and performance put in with the actors involved uh, playing these characters you know and, you know, it was a great scene that was ruined, ruined. But we'll, later, which we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. <laughs> With another movie, we'll get to that later. Anyway, <clears throat> actually, that scene's not ruined. Fuck that other movie. When we get to it. <clears throat> so, actually, you know, they, they catch her. Blade goes on a rampage. It doesn't work out for him. He sees his mother, which catches him off guard. He's like, what the hell is going on? Uh, we have some cool badass fight scenes before that. And uh, I like the new weapon he's using that explodes the vampire heads, basically. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the Inbouche Wright's character made. Uh, she puts something together, so as soon as he stabs the vampire, they explode. It was a blood coagulant. Yes, yes, that, yeah. was, that was pretty good. And uh, good action here and there. Automatic weapons, shotguns. He's on the fucking bike this time. I love his car in the movie, but it was cool seeing him on a bike. And, oh, yeah. and then, uh, that was and it's a modified. It was a modified bike, um, a modified crotch rocket. <clears throat> mm. And it was, uh, and I mean, the car too. At the, I think it was a, at first I thought it was a Camaro, but then it was a Charger, I think. It kind of looked uh, like a Charger. Yeah, because I, I kind of like got the misconception that it was a Camaro. Yeah, I mean, uh, a Camaro, uh, either a Corvette or a Camaro, but I was not. It ended up being a Charger. Yeah. And, um, but Something yeah, cool, and, then, um, but it was, uh, and then the fight scenes, man, the fight scenes, the choreography was, and, and, and one thing I will always give credit to in, in the, all three played movies is their choreography is always 
top notch, man. Like it, it's, I mean, some sometimes you could, sometimes it's it's kind of goofy, but when it came to like you know like like the 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 way the, the way he the way of course of course him being a martial artist, yeah, that and the way he like and the way yeah, he's, he, you know he's legit. Yeah, he's got those he's got those taekwondo kicks down to a T, and like uh and that's another thing too that I always that I always liked about it and it's, it doesn't get credit either like you know especially now with a lot of yeah. the yeah you, a lot of the the, the choreo- a lot of choreographers now like I, I bet you like right after late '98 was done I bet you uh, other film studios were wanting to go after these guys that were that were working that worked with the film and. Now yeah. you have like or now you have choreographers all over Hollywood and you know and that's yeah. a that's that's one thing and that's one thing that I was that it took me like you said it took me a while to to after we watching them especially the first one yeah. the fight the fight choreography was was freaking was badass and I think that was that was uh you know showed you know and that's a good example you brought up of why the movie was successful outside of people that didn't know anything about the comic book character because yeah. you had casuals who were like, dude, this is just a fucking kick-ass action film. Yeah. You know? And then you had horror fans that liked the vampire stuff. So it brought the action crowd. It brought the horror crowd. And this is an obscure, think about it. It's an obscure comic book character that nobody knows. And it's R-rated. Yeah. Do you think Guardians of the Galaxy would still have been successful if it was R-rated? Oh, no. Probably not. <laughs> But I mean, like, I mean, it would bring in it, it would bring in money, but it would yeah. be like you know, it would it would people be like, nah, it's like, like you said, like now yeah, you now, can, now you everybody can't bring the little children to it, you know? Exactly. Now everybody's about now everybody's about big explosions and half-ass acting and just visuals. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I think that's why you know the the movie still stands the test of time is because of the first two films. The first two films. Oh, but. Stand Uh-oh. the test of time because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of the action yeah, scenes. I, but we'll get to we'll that, get to that. the action in Blade Tr- Trinity. We'll get to that anyway. So he gets distracted because his mother. He finds out his mother was turned by Frost, and um, she's like she tells him later, "I've killed, and I've enjoyed it, and this is who I am." You know, yeah. and he gets distracted by that. They capture him, and then they they raise Lamagra up. And then we have our end finale fight. But what's cool, though, is the in Boucher Wright's character, because um, they basically blame, they, they drain Blade of his blood because they need his blood for the, for the, for the uh, resurrection. Yeah. And um, uh, he's, like, weak and passed out. And then Boucher Wright offers up her blood to him. He bites the shit out of her. It looked like they were fucking. It looked like something else was going on there in that scene. And then, and then, oh, he, and he ends up killing his mother too. He goes, "I must release you." You know, and he kills his mom. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. it's not really his mom anymore if you think about it. And then, um, and then we have one of the kick-ass, most badass action, fina- satisfying action body count finales in an action movie and comic book movie history. It's brief, it's short, but it's fucking satisfying. And I was in the theater like. Yes, passionate. <laughs> that. <laughs> I ended up seeing this movie three times. Oh wow! It came out. In the I, I, I saw, yeah, I saw it with Fat oh, Ninja. Wow. Then I took the cranky critic to go see it with me. And then you know, at first I saw it by myself the first time. So, 
But yeah, man, it was just it was just like it gave me that adrenaline rush that I needed, you know. But um, um, I think I'm skipping something important before we get to the finale. Uh, anything important the gathering maybe the when they finally when they're when they really start to gather oh, the, all the, the elders the, the model turn actress was horrible uh, <laughs> <laughs> steven dorf's like little chick oh yeah yeah she, yeah she yeah. was a perfect example of model turn actress like she yeah. was she was bad she was bad but luckily yeah. The performance from uh, Donald Logue, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He cracked me up as his as Frost's sidekick. He cracked oh, yeah. me up, man. He kept getting his arm cut off. I was, it was hilarious. You know, like there's <laughs> comedy in this movie too. People forget about, but, but he's like, he's like, like you know, Blade finally charges up. You got all the blood from Mbushi, right? You know, that girl, you know, she's 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 sexy, man, but she's got a hell of a box adventure up here, man. That actress. <laughs> I mean, she's got some box adventure, man. That forehead is huge. I mean, damn. Okay, sorry. <laughs> if we ever make a Funko pop of her, man, that's gonna be like gigantic. Anyway. Anyway, I'm just I'm just I'm just messing and around. She, and she and she still had a whole bunch of hair and you still would notice. Yeah, man. It was like really damn. Hard. It was like I mean she don't get me wrong. The, 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 it was like boom. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, she should just, <laughs> just headbutted Deacon Frost and called it a day. Would have been the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but man, but you know what? But she I thought but, but oh, she was fine. Good she acted well. she's hot, you know. She was she she I thought she was beautiful and her acting was good. Yeah. And even though uh, even though uh, Blade's mom, Santa uh, Lathan, yeah, I've like I've had the biggest crush on her ever since. Oh then. yeah. And like, uh, but I they were both. I mean, act, they were both. They did to me. It did a great mm -hmm. job as as actresses. Yeah, and you know, of course, like of course, you know, they didn't show Santa that they didn't show Santa that much. And um, and Boucher was, man, she, she was, was good. Like, yeah, she was good, and yeah. I mean, I'm surprised like she fell off. She kind of fell off. <clears throat> like after that, like after uh, her making that movie, she kind of fell off and hardly didn't even do. I did some research on that too, and she hardly even did television after that. <clears throat> well, I think I may be wrong, uh, but I think she was in Alien versus Predator. Oh no! Oh, um, oh yeah, 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 Sa yeah. Santa, Santa, Latin. Yeah, she, she. Um, oh, you're talking about you're talking about in Boucher. Yeah, yeah, in Boucher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. I didn't see her in anything after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, she kind of like. Uh, I think she did maybe another, maybe just another. Uh, got on a few television appearances, but after that, like I, she fell off. Like you know, she fell off the earth after, after yeah. that. Yeah. And um, but as far as that, they, as far as the, them two, I mean, and Ibushi did real good. Man. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They're yeah, leagues. Man, they're leagues ahead from that model turn actress chick. Oh yeah, man! It, it was a good thing she wasn't in that. Like, she, good thing she was not in that movie that much. When Tracy Lords is a better <laughs> actor. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tracy Lords, they should have swapped that man. Tracy and I'm not Lords, talking about that acting. <laughs> yeah, Tracy Lords should have been Deacon Frost's chick. That would have been so way better. But anyway, <laughs> that's why. Like, that's why I'm like, and I'm not talking about that acting from Tracy Lords. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're yeah, talking man. about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, what you gonna call it? Uh, oh yeah. So 
he gets recharged uh, from uh, in Boucher, right? And uh, at the same time, uh, La Magra has risen up in uh, uh, Frost's character, and then Blade just man, he's just he's uh, he's he's just pumped. He runs, jumps, leaps down. This superhero landing before there was a superhero landing before that shit was popular. Blade did it first. He <laughs> rises up. And then you got Donald Logue, his character, just like, I got two brand new hands now, Blade. <laughs> you gotta, With his little gotta, switch knife. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't wait to fuck you up, Blade. I got two brand new hands. You going down? And he runs at him. And then out of nowhere, Blade pulls out, what is that? A, uh, what was that wire? That's sharp wire. It's like a sharp yeah, it, yeah, it's like, uh, I guess it was, uh, I guess it was, um, like a sterling silver laced cable. Yeah. And then, and then it, it cuts, he cuts off his head and then the whole body just disintegrates. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. just dead. He runs at him dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boom. That was so great. And then the movie just had to, we're adding style here and substance, motherfuckers. We're doing both. <laughs> and right, because he was wearing Blade's glasses, right? So after decapitating yep. him, sunglasses flying in the air, Blade grabs him, the fucking techno music starts. Perfect timing. Puts it on. And then badass awesome fightness. If that if that's even a sentence begins. And he beats the shit out of all Deacon Frost's vampires. Okay, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but the fight scene is so badass that you have a scene where Blade and the other guy just spin this roundhouse kick in the air, like for no reason. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. They're both missing. <laughs> and a lot of people make fun of that scene, but they're just showing off, man. Exactly, they're showing man. off. That's all that. When martial artists do that, they're just showing off before they fuck each other up. That's all that is. <laughs> but, but then you have another scene during the melee-in and shit. He's breaking necks. He's fucking up limbs. He's jump-kicking people. He's like... And then, and then people forget that he roadhouse-style rips out the vampire's neck and then throws it at another vampire. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he rips off the Adam's apple and throws it away. <laughs> <laughs> rips off things that bloop, fucks that vampire up and then kills him. And I'm just like, dude, this is so amazing. This and then he's is all so, yelling, man. So satisfying. And then he kills the last one and with perfect timing to the awesome soundtrack, he grabs the sword out of the wall, does his little another samurai badass ninja pose and i oh, was yeah. like, like and when i in the theater i was like i already got my money's worth <laughs> <laughs> i already got my money's worth right now exactly. the fight i don't know if there if somebody was injured i'm not sure but that fight with frost was brief if i yeah. have to be if i have to be a little nitpicky the end finale fight was really fast and it was kind of over but Leading up to that, there was so satisfying that the little Deacon Frost fight really kind of just felt like just a bonus. It was just yeah. a bonus. He ends up killing him. First, he's getting fucked up. Frost is fucking him up. But really, the whole fight was them, you know, doing this. They're sword fighting like this, hitting each other. And of course, you could, of course, you could tell they sped it up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> sped it up. Yeah. But you know, Blake starts getting his ass kicked, and then he ends up. Uh, grabbing that serum, throws a whole bunch of them at uh, Ninja, Ninja Star style, throws a whole exactly. bunch of the serums at uh, Frost, and bl which uh, blows him up. 
Now, what do you think of the what do you think of the final line that Blade says? Good, cheesy, or both? Before he blows up, do you remember the line? He goes before he throws that last one, or Roundhouse kicks that last one and, and frosts yeah. his head. He goes, "Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it was. Um, <clears throat> It was something I, I wasn't expecting, but yeah. it, 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 I mean, it's fine. But just, yeah, but just coming, it just coming out of you know the way Blade talks and you know Wesley Snipes <laughs> like just nailing the character. Yeah, it's like you're like fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like whatever he says is cool. Yeah, and then he yeah. kicks it, and then he kicks it right to his dome. Yeah. Goes right, oh, right here, right, yeah, right, right in the dome. Huge fatality style blood explosion. Oh, I forgot my favorite part of the fight was he cuts off Frost's arm, spin slashes his abdomen, and cuts him in half. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Frost's top half flings up, but the blood, Lamagra keeps him together, brings yeah. his top half back down, and then his hand comes back, and Frost is like, ha I'm fine, motherfucker. And then yeah. it was brilliant directing where Blade slowly turns around, <laughs> and you don't hear the dialogue. You don't hear it. All you see is his mouth moving. Exactly, yeah. It's all horrible. What the like, fuck? Oh, fuck? my God. It was, it was hilarious. I remember the whole theater was dying laughing. They were like, everybody was having a great time. Um, but, yeah, he kills Frost, saves the day, and uh, Bonk's adventure goes her way. And then, <laughs> and then um, and, you know, we have that scene where they're on the rooftop, and you have the whole classic line, the war's not over. There's still the vampires out there, and I have a job to do kind of thing. And then it goes to Moscow at the end, we have that badass shot of Blade in the snow, and he slices the uh, Russian vampire before it goes to credits, and we hear cool yeah, techno exactly. music again. If you check the deleted scene, there's another scene how that was supposed to end, where instead of him being in Moscow, it was supposed yeah. to end with uh, them two still talking on the rooftop, and then they look over, and across is another building, and there's a shadowy figure up there, kind of wrapped up, standing there like this. I'm looking at him in the wind. Supposedly, that was supposed to be Morbius. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? I think I heard. Yeah, I think I heard about that. I heard about the. Uh, it was actually. It was actually the director. Okay. Who was? Who, it was actually the the director who actually directed the uh, Blade movie, who was supposed to actually play. Was actually supposed to be a, a cameo in the movie, and he was supposed to be Morbius. Really. Oh wow. yeah, like yeah. I said <clears throat> when, I, when I did some research on that, it said that uh that Stephen Norrington was actually just he wasn't acting; he was just gonna do a cameo okay. of him with long hair and of course dark clothes and oh and that would have been movie. fun. Yeah, he was he was uh, he was actually gonna be Morbius, but like just a cameo shot. That would have been pretty fun. But even I think, it, but I, even if it was just a cameo, would have been fun. Yeah, but I think what you're what you're telling me about another deleted scene, I think, you know what, yeah, I, I would have to look at that too because I haven't seen any of the deleted scenes. Yeah, it's interesting. So, I think it would have been maybe too soon uh, to bring in Morbius, but it's still interesting that they were they were thinking about it. You know, that's really I mean, interesting. Morbius, I, mean, I mean, Morbius and Blade have that. I mean, even in, 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 uh, even in the Marvel, since I did some research on it, like Morbius and Blade always have a, they've always, they've, they've clashed yeah. and, they've, and they've teamed up on a bunch of occasions and yeah. especially with uh, the Midnight Suns. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, 
seen uh, the series Midnight Suns. Yeah. Came up with. Yeah, that, that that one is like um that was one of my favorite ones. I never got I never got to to get all the comics at that time because you would have to be like you would have to be like either checking every every day or every week at the same store to to especially in the in the nineties like the yeah. or the mid nineties to actually find those those um um like in the magazine section to actually find those comics man and I only yeah. the only one I found was just I only found one out of out of all the out of all of those out of the whole series I only found one of those comics and I would go there like every day. Like right. after school, just to go and look, and he was like, "Oh, we, we didn't get one this month, so we'll probably get another one next month." And you know, and like a lot of them sold out real quick because comics. Well, back in that I remember when I was, you know, in high school, I think 90, 95, 96. Yeah. Like those comics would just they would just they would just fly off the shelves, man. Yeah. That's like yeah. Well, as far as that, like, but as far as like, that would have been cool to have. I would have been down. I would have been down with that. But maybe yeah, they figure. Uh, he's more of a Spider-Man villain. We're not sure what we're doing with Spider-Man. Maybe it was a rights thing because Sony yeah, ended up having yeah. Spider-Man later. Who knows? But it's interesting yeah, that they were the, the concept of that. But but yeah, um, yeah. kick-ass, badass fucking movie, man. I still love it. Uh, it still holds up today, in my opinion. Now, I don't want to end it in the downer uh, right now. I mean, well, Blade, Blade Trinity will do that for me. But... <laughs> But uh, a little bit of a downer, and that's Stephen, um, Stephen, uh, excuse me, Norrington, that's his name, right, the director? Yeah, Steve, Steve, Stephen Steve, Norrington. Stephen Norrington, yeah. It's a little bit of a downer because he really had talent. Look, with, look at this Blade movie. Look at how he filmed action. Look at how yeah. he filmed action. Look at how he made things look cinematic. And he really has not done a lot. If you go to his IMDb uh, page, He's only really directed four things. That's it. Wow. And unfortunately, the last movie he made was such a horrible experience, he quit the industry. Wow. It was such a horrible behind-the-scenes experience uh, that he quit the industry, and that's with another comic book movie called LXG. LXG. The League, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. You remember that old movie with Sean Connery? Oh wow, he, oh he actually. Yeah. Now, what did was, you think of? What did, he that's his last movie. Now, what did you think of that? Of the of the movie, actually, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you're probably gonna think I'm weird as hell. No, we're always honest, I, raw and real. I, well, <clears throat> I actually like that movie. Right. But I mean, I know, I know the, I know the, the story and and uh, the plot was kind of really off the hook, man. And well, I like, heard, I heard the graphic novel by Alan Moore is like one of the best written stories. Yeah, and I heard yeah, it, the graphic novel is um, great. That's what I heard. I mean, because it's, <clears throat> it's it's basically it's basically just uh, a British a British a form of an Avengers kind of yeah. initiative. You had Invisible Man. You had uh, what was it uh. You had uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah. Um, Nemo, had, uh, Captain Nemo. <clears throat> Nemo. Uh, Mina I remember, Harker. I remember visually the movie had some cool things to it, and I remember liking parts of it, but I don't remember it that well to say that I hated it or loved it. I probably was okay with it. I would like to revisit it though. Maybe that could be another video we can do. We can watch that and talk about LXG. 
uh, is it really that bad kind of videos, you know? I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm <clears throat> I mean, I liked, I liked it. I even, I mean, I, I did like it. I mean, but I know, I know there's some very goofy parts and some of the CGI was pretty, you know, yeah. wasn't, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, you know. Hyde, Hyde was kind of rough. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> the majority, the majority of it, the, the, some of the battle scenes in that, in yeah. that, uh, film are, are i like that i, had, I would I like didn't. to i would like to revisit it maybe we could do that in the future and, and talk about LHG. Yeah, but, but i didn't uh, even know it was him i didn't even know he was a yeah director. but I, I apparently and you know i'm a big sean connery fan i like sean connery but apparently uh he was horrible to work with and him and steven did not get along during this making of this movie so that you have your lead actor being an asshole and then I guess there was a lot of production and studio interference. There was a lot of issues that happened behind the scenes. Uh, maybe I'll do more research if we want to talk about it in the future. But I heard it was just such a – I mean, come on. The guy directed Blade, and now he quit the industry. He quit the industry. He doesn't do – he didn't. He doesn't do anything. He hasn't done shit since LXG. That's kind of sad because when you see Blade, he definitely had potential to at least be an action – film director yeah you know so i i would hope maybe in the future you know oh, steven norrington will come back one day and and do something maybe a blade short starring wesley snipes that'd be fun but it would be nice to see him involved in the industry somewhere even if it's television or something it would be nice to see him back but yeah lxg man that was a wrap right after that critic it it, it bombed uh, financially, the critics hated it, and it, that was the end. You know, and I hate when directors give up like that. That's why I'm so happy that Richard Stanley, uh, horror sci-fi director, came back with Color Out of Space, and we're going to release a. Uh, me and Lana Fatblood did our thoughts on that film. We're going to release a, a future video with Hardwire, and um, <clears throat> excuse me, Hardware, sorry, <laughs> and Color Out of Space. That's for future. That's, that's for people that are listening that are fans of the Chanel. But yeah, Blade, <laughs> Blade was great, man. So now let's go ahead and forward to, just give me a second here. I got to do my fact checking. We're going to go from 1998 to now, 2002. Wow. <clears throat> See, people are spoiled now. <laughs> They're so used to sequels coming out the very next year or the movies coming out, like, on Blu-ray within a month. People are spoiled now. But back, you know, me, I'm old school. I'm old, all right? Growing up, shit, you had to wait five, six years for a sequel, you know? <laughs> when movies came out in theater, you had to wait two years before it came out in VHS. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we got ninety eight. Now we're in two thousand two. What? Six point <laughs> seven out of ten. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. Blade two is rated on IMDb right now. Six point seven out of ten. That is horrible. <laughs> That's terrible. What? Anyway, so I remember seeing the trailer for Blade two, and I got excited. And I couldn't wait to go see it. And again, when I went to go see it, I didn't know what to expect. I just know that I really enjoyed the first film. Let's see what the second movie brings us. And it's 
scratch it scratched the fucking itch for me. I was still happy. Yeah. I was still, <laughs> smack that brand new tattoo. You know, I I was I was I was satisfied cuz you know, a lot of the time sequels especially the second film are lackluster. You know, yeah. they phone it in with sequels. They don't put in extra effort. And you can tell with this movie, with this movie, they put in that extra effort. There was a lot of hard work. And there was a totally different vision now. Totally yeah. different director, totally different vision. And we have the maestro here, the horror maestro, Guillermo del Toro now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. On the helm. We got director of the Hellboy uh, movies, the, 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 the first two Hellboy movies, not that third, whatever the fuck bullshit that came out last year. <laughs> whatever that was. <laughs> I'm going to call it the third movie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, Pan's Labyrinth and The Devil's Backbone and Kronos. I don't know if you've seen Kronos, but Kronos was a kind of like a brand new take on the vampire uh, uh, genre. It was a to- it's like a totally different take on it. I don't know if you've seen Kronos before. But Kronos, it's, it's really good. Check it out. It's actually very solid. And Ron Perlman, who's in this movie, is in Kronos. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So you know, uh, Del Toro dipped his toe in the vampire genre before he even got to Blade Two. So just like us, Guillermo Del Toro has a huge, gigantic comic book collection. He's a huge fan. He's a huge fan. And he wanted to make this version of Blade a little bit more uh, comic book. He wanted to give it a more comic book look. He wanted things to be bigger and better, right? So you had Stephen Norrington, who did a really good job of making Blade grounded and not silly. It was grounded, serious, and badass. But in this version, Del Toro was like, well, you know, fans have already seen the the grounded serious blade i want comic book version of blade so things were bigger so and for example if somebody shoots a gun in uh in the first blade movie it's like right and this one it's like like he wanted everything bigger you know you know the movements more outlandish more bigger right yeah and the movie, I think, does a, a very solid job of completing his vision of making more... Su- like, even even you watch the way Blade does, like, he, he does these these superhero-type poses that he's not really... He just... I think Wesley Snipes just did it just to do it. But he would, like, lean yeah. down to look at things and survey things, or he would yeah, stand yeah, a yeah. certain way. <clears throat> but you have that opening sequence, a good example, opening action sequence where... He jumps out of the window, the camera follows, you know, the CGI version of Blade, and then it drops down, but it's just like, boom, he slowly turns, boom, the gunshot is huge, the camera yeah. follows the bullet to impact, so that's, yeah, that's yeah. things are a little bit louder, bigger, so, yeah. now, now here's the thing, I want your honest opinion. Like Alien and Aliens, and like uh, Terminator and Terminator 2, uh, there's always a debate of which film is better because both movies are phenomenal, right? So you always have that debate. And it's a good debate to have. It shows how good the movies are. I'm the same way with Blade. The first two films, sometimes I think the first one's better, and sometimes I think, the, I think Blade 2 is better. So it's hard, but it's a good discussion because both movies are kick-ass. 
What, in your opinion, Blade One or Blade Two is better for you? Which one do you like better, or do you like them both at the same time? Is it a tie? <clears throat> you know what? I'm gonna have to say. I'm gonna have to say I like them both. Yeah. Like equally. Yeah. Um, it's me too. I guess the reason I okay the reason for of course 19 uh, Blade 1998 because it was. Wesley Snipes did the best he could and made it work and made it raw, made it, yeah. you know, less um, showing hardly any kind of sense of humanity. You know, he's a, a character that's very, you know, showing less emotion. And then now with Blade 2, they gave him a little bit more personality, yet he still kept that, even though he was, it was more, uh, <clears throat> they made it more comic book uh, oriented. Yeah, he still he still gave off that presence of of Blade, yet he added a little had a little bit more of a, of a kick to his character as far as being more um, interacting with other characters. Of yes. course, when you have more when you have more characters to interact with, he's gonna have to interact no matter what. Right. And um, but and then both action sequences to both movies, I liked. I I thought they were both great. Yeah. Uh, the CGI the CGI was a little bit better in play too but you know the but just the old-fashioned style and yeah. the way they uh the way that norrington <clears throat> did with blade one that he you know he, he did he made everything work and and guillermo del Toro is guillermo del Toro. i mean he's a freaking he's a legend he's a, a mastermind yeah so it's like you know so as far as that as far as me as far as that like that ask you ask me the question which one which one do i like rather one or two i i like them both because they yeah. both have their they both have they're they're they both have what I would like in, in any kind of a blade in any blade film. And it's good that they of course they added the okay, you know what? It's a it's a part two, a direct sequel and everything like that. And, yeah. and giving Blade a little bit more of a of giving giving Blade a little bit more of a of a of feelings, especially with Nisa at the end of the film. Yes. So yeah. Yes, and that was very unexpected too. And yeah. I think I think for a very long time, for for many years, uh, I liked Blade Two an inch over Blade One because of the action. And I liked the I love the Reapers, the yeah. fucking Reapers were creepy. The effects for them were really cool, and I, I think that was one of the nitpicks that some people say about the, as much as they love the first Blade. They say that it, the first Blade really wasn't scary even though it involved vampires. And Blade Two, those things, it may not have been scary, but those Reapers were fucking creepy looking. Like, yeah. there was, it seemed like there was uh, the, the, the antagonists, uh, the villains of the piece in Blade Two seemed more threatening than yeah. the villains in the first film. It was kind of like, yeah. you know, and there you got a Donnie Yen bonus. You got oh, exactly. Donnie Yen in the movie. So for, for many years... Uh, Blade Two inched out Blade One for me, even though I like both films. But after rewatching them uh, last night, man, it's a tie. I mean, Blade, yeah, Blade One is phenomenal. It's a tie. So, and to, and it, to add to that, and, and to add to that, sorry, I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh no, that's um, what we call it. A, that, that was another thing I was going to mention, especially now that you're mentioning it, as as you know, as you know, a question that you asked me, which one do I like, and I like them both, and. Now that I had to rewatch it, and I rewatched it, like I said, a few days ago, I mean, it's got a cast. Blade 2 has a cast of a whole bunch of, like, you would think that were all-star, 
you know, caliber actors, you know, nowadays. I mean, you had Donnie Yen, you had, yeah. uh, you had Norman Reedus from, yeah. uh, from what is it? What is it, The Walking Dead? Yeah. You had Tony Curran from that played Marcus in Underworld Evolution. Uh, was he? Was he? The, then, he? Uh, he was the guy that played the character Priest, right? Yeah, yeah, he was the one. He's was he the, the main villain? Was he the main? Yeah, he was the main villain in the second Underworld movie, right? Yeah, yeah, he was Marcus. He was the the hybrid. The, I, I liked I liked his character in Underworld too. He was the best part about Underworld too. See, and that, like, and that's another thing too. And I was gonna say, like, man, I didn't even know until I watched the film that Donnie Yen was in there. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, Donnie Yen. I was like, that's IP man. I'm like, what the hell was IP man? And I didn't even notice because I, I mean, he wasn't really. He was just barely getting his bearings in Hollywood. Yeah, I guess that time in two thousand and two. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, well, actually, it it was a blessing in disguise. Donnie Yen's American failure, if you want to call it that, it's not really it's not really his fault. Actually, ended up being a blessing in disguise because he came over here and his debut was in with Highlander Endgame. He was in Highlander Endgame and he was a badass in that. And then they wasted his character and he got killed off screen. Killed. Off screen, we have a theme going here, all right. Yep. <laughs> and then they brought him in to be the fight choreographer for Blade Two. That's why the action's kind of bumped up. Oh, okay. And then his character gets killed off screen. <laughs> and then he fights Jackie Chan in Shanghai Nights. And then his character gets killed off screen. <laughs> so, uh, that was well, Donnie Yen too. Yeah, man. Yeah, wow, it's like, I mean, and you know what? You know what? Here's some pointless, uh, useless information for you. The fight with Jackie Chan, even though that was the best fight of that movie, it was longer, and they cut it because they're idiots. Wow. If you go to the deleted scenes, you see the extended fight, and the fight is better, but they cut it because they're idiots. Oh, so man. after that, Danielle's like, "Well, it's not really going that well. I'm gonna go back to the motherland." And look what he's done. He's become oh, yeah. the fucking biggest action martial arts star since Jet Li retired. <laughs> I mean, we would not have the Yip Man movies. We would not have a lot of, you know, the Kung Fu Jungle and, and SPL, which is Killzone. Have you seen Donnie Yen's Killzone? No. Oh, my God. Watch Donnie Yen's Killzone. The fight in the alleyway is worth the price of admission. And he fights Samuel Hung at the end as well. So Killzone is one of my top Don Yen recommendations. None of that would have been ha would have been possible if he was successful here in America making mediocre movies. Oh, yeah, man. So like, like I said, it's kind of, a, kind of a blessing in disguise, right? I mean, because you're right, man. And that's I'm like that's why I'm like, and I know I know you're you know you know what do you call it like just um, you know especially on on Facebook you know with the the dojo man. I mean the I'm like, I'm like, man, it's like, this is like, I mean, like you have so much knowledge when it comes to like martial arts movies. So that's why like the first thing I thought to my mind was when I saw Blade 2, I was like, Donnie Yen was in it and I didn't even know. <laughs> and I was like, what I know, the right? Hell? And like, was and it I'm Ice, like, man, Iceman? Was that his name? Iceman. Yeah. No, he was a snowman. Snowman. Or, snowman. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. He was a snowman. So Iceman like, oh. or... Iceman is Donnie Yen films you don't want to watch. Those are really bad. Anyway. <laughs> anyway yeah, but, oh, um, yeah, man. Um, whatchamacallit. So they brought him in. So this is the interesting behind the scenes thing. They brought in Donnie Yen, and he actually fight choreographed 
the first couple of action scenes. So the first couple of fight scenes you see, all right, yeah. the opening fight scene, um, uh, I think the other two after that, um, the sword, when, they, when the vampires show up to the hideout, yeah. and there's the sword battle, you can okay, tell yeah. that's like Hong Kong martial arts style. You can tell, oh, you yeah. can see Donnie Yen's influence in that fight. That's like one of the best yeah. fights in the movie. Um, but then they actually, I guess, because Donnie Yen, he's, he's kind of fucking psycho in terms of what he does in fight choreography yeah. and what he's used to doing. So yeah. I guess Wesley Snipes, as great as a martial artist as he was, probably couldn't do what was asked what donnie was asking him to do because it was probably too much probably yeah. too fancy and too crazy yeah they wanted it to be a little bit more street fighting style yeah that's why the fight with him and uh what's his name nomac what's his name the main villain nomac, uh, nomac. yeah there's more there's a few spinning there's a few spinning roundhouse kicks here and there but there was a lot of grappling and a lot of street fighting. And yeah, yeah. Fight. I guess that's what they were trying to go for. Not necessarily the super fancy wushu style that Donnie Yen is yeah. known for. So they actually stopped Donnie Yen from fight core. I know it's kind of, it's a, it sounds horrible, right? How can you stop yeah. Donnie Yen from being a fight choreographer for your film? But they stopped it and they had, uh, they used Blade's fight choreographer from Blade One to finish oh. the rest of the fight scenes. Yeah. But they had they were so much in awe of Donnie Yen's skills and they had so much so much respect for him. They put him in the movie at, at the last minute. Wow. They gave him a role. He wasn't supposed to be in the movie. They just flew him in to do fight choreography. But they loved him so much that they were like, dude, we gotta throw him in the fucking movie and have him do something. Oh yeah. <laughs> isn't that isn't that insane? Yeah, they and threw I mean, him in the movie. And I bet that, and I and I and now that I think about it, I bet that even Wesley Snipes was impressed. And I oh, said, you yeah. know what? They said, what? Let's throw him in there. Yeah. You know, they said, you know, instead of you know, you know, okay, we didn't want to. I mean, I'm pretty sure they didn't do it out of pity, of course. No. I mean, they. No. Probably, I mean, they. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. He's yeah. a freaking like he's like you said he's like the next. I don't. I don't even. I don't think you you can even call him the next Jet Li or Jackie Chan because he's he got he has his own style. Yeah, he he's but, his like, own now. He's so much better. Yeah, he's he's his own he's his own huge big star now. He's still the biggest star over there right now. So, um, and he's up there in age, and he's still badass. But um, I, I thought that was nice that they gave him a spot in the movie, and they, they showed the show respect. They yeah. still credit him as fight choreographer in the credits. Oh yeah. So if it's you watch the end credits, they still leave him there as fight choreographer out of respect oh, yeah. for the oh, legend. Yeah. 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 That's respect right there, man. That's respect but, right there. I, mean, I, I like that little... I wouldn't would be surprised. Yeah, I know. I like that little fight he had with the one Reaper in the club. Yeah. And uh, he, he had to do the Donnie and triple kick. He had to do yep. that. Bah, bah. He had to do triple kick. And you see the way he was waving that sword around? Oh, yeah. Dude, I think Guillermo was having problems keeping up with the, <laughs> the action when he was fighting because he's like, holy shit, this motherfucker... But it was it was a nice little bonus, even though he got killed off screen, just like all his other American movies. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still uh, something I still something I scratched my head about, man. When I was like, okay, what happened to him? He was like one of the I thought he was gonna be one of the badasses, and he ends up dying like not even on. Yeah, he, he doesn't even show when he dies. Yeah. So, 
I guess they were just like, well, it was just we just threw them in the movie anyway. So they probably didn't even they probably didn't have an exit plan, so they probably had to do something. Uh, but yeah, it would have been cool to have them at the towards the end, but or at least have them fight Blade in a fight scene. That would have been really dope. Uh, but in the story, in the story now, uh, were you okay with Blade's uh, red color inside his cape? Were you okay with that? That looked kind of like Dracula-ish. Like he didn't have that because he had this long trench coat cape he uses, right? And there's, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there's no red coloring on the inside. Yeah. Were you okay with that? It didn't really bother you. You know what? You know what? I I guess. I guess I guess I didn't really pay attention to it. Yeah, was, uh, I was thinking more Dracula. I was like, this is kind of like Dracula. But then, yeah. again, Del Toro was going for more of a bigger comic book look, so yeah. it kind of made sense to have give Blade a little bit more color. But that's yeah. fine. That's just it's nitpicky though. Uh, but um, in this version now, in this story, you find out that Whistler is not dead even though he shot himself, but basically they came back and they bled him. They kept bleeding him, keeping him alive, turning him into a vampire and just basically torturing him to death, then bringing him back, torturing him to death, bringing him back. And you find out that he's been, they've been doing this to him for years. Blade's been looking for him for years. And he even mentions when he, when he finally uh, sets uh, uh, Whistler free, and gives him the serum to bring him back uh, yeah. and to cure him. He even says that, which is interesting. They referenced the first film. He even says, I first started in Moscow yeah. looking for you. Oh, that was, a, that was kind of yeah. cool. Uh, but yeah, he was gone for years. We don't know how many years, uh, but it makes sense to, you know, the show that blade has bonded with someone else and you get introduced to stud played by uh, Daryl. Walking Dead, Daryl, Norman Reedus, a young role. Um, and uh, at first, I was like, I don't really like Scud. <laughs> like, I was uh, like, this guy's fucking annoying. Like, you know, again, he probably would have been the Deacon Frost of today. Like, if they, yeah. like that version, you know, it's just cocky, yeah, yeah. cocky, arrogant, douchebag, knows it all. So I didn't really know what to think of him at first. But by the end, I actually ended up liking him more because he wasn't useless. He actually was very smart in helping build weapons for Blade and, um, and whatnot. And I actually started to like him more when him and Whistler finally were starting to get along. And yeah. they were bonded a little bit because he was making these badass weapons. What was it the, the thermonuclear grenades? What were those called? Yeah, yeah the, the light out. Uh, UV, UV, the UV, uh, UV grenades? Yeah, the UV light. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he wasn't useless. So I was like, okay. I was kind of liking the character. And then they come up with the t big twist. Were you okay with the twist? Uh, towards when, or did the it end? Feel, uh, were, you, were you okay with it? You're like, ah, all right, it didn't really bother you, and let's move on. Or were you like, well, that kind of seemed out of nowhere. How did you feel about the twist of... Reedus basically turning on Blade, and at some point the vampires got to him, and he became the main villain's familiar. Not Nomak, uh, not Nomak, but uh, his father, Nomak's father, Demaskinos. Yeah. Demaskinos. Demaskinos. Yeah, Demaskinos. Now you know what I didn't. I, that one caught me by that one. Like was a that one just blindsided me. 
Yeah. When he, um, I mean, I, of course, like you said, he was, you know, he was a, a douchebag and a freaking dickhead and, you know, thought he, he, you know, he was, he thought he knew everything and, he, you know, he was like, he wanted to be like, nah, you know, and he, he had a, like a grudge against Whistler in the beginning. So right. I was like, you know what, I, that, but I, like I said, like, like I, I saw them starting to bond a little bit and start to uh, show, show more respect for each other and all that. Yeah. But yeah, when, but when he turned, I was like, that was a, I was that freaking blindsided me. Yeah. I was like, shit, you know what I mean? I didn't like, I didn't like him that much anyway, but I was still like, damn, well, shit, you know, now and now I just don't completely fucking like him. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, like, you're kind of like, giving them some slack finally. And they're like, oh, this yeah. motherfucker let the vampires yeah. in the fucking hideout in the first place, you know? Yeah. And so, he said, you know, I said, he said, I'd rather, he said, well, I, you know, I'd rather be a, <laughs> I'd rather be a pet than cattle. I was like, well, I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry, I got the the mic in the shot here. There I know go. I had to adjust my seat too, man, because my freaking back was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, my ass cheeks are hurting. Just being honest, we suffer <laughs> for our art, Daniel. <laughs> I, know, man. I was like, yeah, man. That's why, like, I had to. That's why if it looks like I got a little closer, it's because I had to, I had to settle in because my my freaking my my thighs were starting to ache. I was like, oh man. So now I now I adjusted, and if you want to get comfortable, man, go ahead. Oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just goofing around. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so the, the the new plot in this is um, we have a new breed of vampire out there. There's a new, uh, not new, well, kind of in a way, new new virus in a way, and uh, it's the Nomak. You find out who's the son of uh, Domeskinos. Uh, is the the carrier of the strain, and he's going around killing other vampires. They don't kill humans, but they'll kill they'll kill vampires. They feed on them, which creates more reapers, and that's pretty fascinating. And what made me like love this movie even more because now we have a more interesting villain now than just generic vampires. We have something cool now, but something not like. It's the new baddie, so fuck the old baddie. Something actually interesting looking, visually, with their mouths open, and even their body parts, like when they were experimenting on the corpse of one of the Reapers, yeah. like it's like completely dead, but they like drop a little bit of blood, and then this, everything starts moving. <laughs> like the practical effects, Guillermo, Dar Guillermo, excuse me, Guillermo Del Toro's team, his creative team has always done amazing visuals whether it be cgi based or practical effects oh, yeah. or more practical effects based well a lot of people don't know with the two hellboy sequels was that a lot of it was real a lot of it was real big practical effect monsters walking yeah. around i mean obviously for the crazy stuff of hellboys falling down fighting you know the, yeah. the, the creatures obviously at cgi right but a lot of it was especially hellboy 2 a lot of the big large creatures were practical effects like that's how good his team is i mean look at pan's labyrinth right um but uh the the reapers man they're very memorable and they're very creepy looking and you know it's just practical effects maybe enhanced with cgi just a little bit but yeah. just done very well uh there were moments in the movie where the cgi versions of certain characters transitioned from cgi to real very very good it was very solid 
like I mentioned earlier, like Blade flipping out of the window. Obviously a CGI Blade that he lands on the ground to real Blade. The transition of it was actually pretty smooth. Or he'll get, Nomak will knock him up against the wall. A CGI Blade will hit the wall and fall down into real Blade. Again, smooth, pretty, for its time, pretty smooth transitions. But for some reason, and one of the best fights in the movie, when the vampires invade uh, the, the hideout, and you have the sword katana battle. I mean, that fight choreography that Donnie did, that Donnie did there was fucking amazing. For some reason, when it became CGI Blade and Nisa CGI characters in front of the lights, was god awful. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> it was horrible. It was so bad when they were kicking it. It was so bad yeah. that it almost ruined the fight. Like, it almost ruined the fight for me. It was so like, what? Okay, I get it. Maybe we were trying to do something new here. Uh, or maybe we were trying to enhance the fight in some way. But it was just like, it was really distracting. Luckily, it, that part was really short. Yeah. So you can enjoy the rest of the fight, you know, going now. But they, they invade, uh, well, they, they sneak into the hideout because they want to talk with Blade. And Nisa's Damaskinos' uh, daughter, Nomak's sister. And one of the coolest parts of this movie, I was like, dude, this is a fucking movie on its own before even bringing in the Reapers was uh, the fact that they created a team for two years just to hunt Blade. That is so, that idea alone could have been the sequel, like without the Reapers. That idea alone was fucking dope. And they basically were like, we need help. We need to, you know, let's, Let's do a truce here. Let's have a truce. We need you to lead this team and kill off these Reapers, man. They're, they're going to wipe us out. Because right after they wipe out vampires, they're, who are they going to come for next, right? Humans. Exactly. Yep. And so this is where one of the best parts of the film, you get Blake get introduced to the team. And we oh, have yeah. the always amazing Ron Perlman. Yep. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's funny? I knew of Ron Perlman from the old... Beauty and the Beast TV show growing up. I knew about that show and he played the Beast. But in terms of his filmography, like I didn't get a chance to see uh, Lost City of Lost Children and all those other movies he was in. I didn't get a chance to see that till later, way later. So I wasn't really familiar with his movies until I saw him in Alien Resurrection. His character stole that movie. <laughs> his character was hilarious. Despite what you think about the movie, his character was fucking badass. You know, he did the, you know, the, he had the two pistols and he was hilarious. And I was like, dude, this guy is fucking great. Who is this guy? Oh, that's Ron Perlman. Oh shit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, that was really what got me kind of slowly turned me into a fan of Ron Perlman. And then I became a fan fan after Blade too, because he's fucking hilarious in this movie as well. But uh, what was his name? Reinhardt. I think he was Reinhardt. Reinhardt, yeah, Reinhardt. Yeah, Reinhardt. And I, I, I agree, man. I mean, Ron Perlman, like, that dude has done, that dude has done, like, like I guess, I, guess, I think he's, I guess he's from New York, but he, that dude's done, like, uh, stage acting. And he's been acting since he was, since he was young, man. I mean, that dude is, yeah. that dude is, like, I mean, he can, he can be funny, he can be serious, but more majority yeah. of the time he's, 
he's he can be comic relief or he can join <laughs> an, an alien resurrection. He he can do action. He can yeah. do everything, man. He yeah. can do it all. He could be a good guy. He could be a villain. I mean, that dude, like that dude is that dude is like he's a he's one of the most versatile actors out there when it comes to like sci-fi comic yeah. books, like action films. Like he's he's versatile. I mean, he's he's way older now. You know yeah. I mean, but he's he's very versatile when it comes to like acting, characters, makeup. Like yeah. he's done it all, man. You can tell he's done it all. He's even like I said, he's even done. What well, was funny that he's even done stage acting. Yeah, so that's yeah, like yeah. I mean, that's like freaking. I mean, yeah. It doesn't, yeah, get, he, it doesn't get no better than that. He's one of Lady Fat Blood's favorites. Like she, she loves, oh, she loves Ron Perlman, and and you can tell. I mean, obviously, because they've worked together several times, that him and Guillermo del Toro have uh, have a good working relationship. Because oh, if yeah. you think of, if you think about it, that's four movies. So you have Chronos, Blade Two, and the two Hellboy films. Exactly. Yeah. So they have a good relate working relationship. They like each other, which is awesome. But he's just a He's just, oh man, he's just like, he's so cocky. He's like the, the, the you know, he, he's the shit talker of the group. And he yeah. goes up to Blade, once Blade's introduced, and he goes up and he goes, everybody here wants to know, can you blush? <laughs> and then everyone's like, woo, get him, Reinhardt, get him. And then and Blade's like, woo, so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically blade, blade just punks him you know brings out his little knife right here distract him and kept smacking him in the face and then yeah. Roman try and then reinhardt tries to get him and then he like grabs him and puts an explosive device in the back of his head and even tells him that he goes well now you have an explosive device strapped in the back of your head <laughs> so if you say anything wrong to me you look at me the wrong way Woo! Yeah. boom it's just, exactly. they had a really great chemistry. I, I think one of the best parts of the film is when they're in the club because they figure they can't find the Reapers, but they know where the prey is. So you have this huge yeah. club of vampires, familiars, and they know the Reapers are probably going to show up there. So they all go up to the club <laughs> and Blades across from the across the way of the club and Perlman's over here. And then he goes, he tells uh, the guy with him, he goes, it'll be so easy, man. It'll be so easy. And he has his red sight the laser sight, uh, laser sighting on his pistol, pointing at Blade's forehead, and then, and then the guy goes, "Look down," and Reinhardt looks down, and there's a red dot on, his, <laughs> on his, his stomach or his crotch. Was it his crotch? I was, yeah, it was right. It was his crotch. Yeah. And then Blade has his arms like this, but he's holding the gun out like this the whole time, yeah, right back at Proman, and then he goes, "He got you," and then Proman's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> And then Blade has that shit-eating grin that he has. Like, there are some really good moments. This really entertaining uh, martial arts, horror, comic book movie, action film, a whole hybrid uh, this was. and uh, But, yeah, they, 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 they strike a truce. They go off the Reapers. And that's their first encounter with the Reapers, actually. Yeah, exactly. Reapers show up there. They're, like, they don't know them that well. They don't know that the UV light is the best thing to, to kill them yeah with. so they're unloading thousands of bullets in these things it's not killing them donnie yen impales one to a wall and it's like fuck you and it like <laughs> doesn't give a shit about its dick and just <laughs> just like, oh yeah if, re just, if reapers have dicks i don't know <laughs> yeah it just, you know wall climbs up and slices through his dick and he's you know just to get out of there like it's hard to kill these things and then they find out later the lights do uh 
But I do like the movie kind of plays with, can you really trust Whistler or not? Exactly. I, I, I thought that was good as well. Uh, it, well done. A Whistler again is Whistler. Just Chris Christopherson nails it again with this character. Exactly. Uh, being a badass. And um, yeah, you mentioned Nisa. And before we get to, before we get to Nisa, uh, was there anything else before we get to the third act of the film? Anything else I missed with the movie? About with uh, pretty much covered the, in terms of covering the plot. Before we get the to the plot, bad yeah, end. yeah, we covered we covered everything. I mean, just uh, oh, I forgot. You know that now that I, now that I think about it, I uh, their anatomy when we when you talk about their anatomy getting checked out, that they actually have they actually have bone. Uh, they actually have bone grown around their hearts. That, yes. That's why. That's why when I guess when uh, was it Donnie? Was it Snowman who stabbed or or stabbed the the Reaper and then the, the Reaper just like whatever just didn't die. Yeah. Like you stab it in the heart. That I, I forgot. I forgot to mention that the heart is uh is um. There's a bone casing in, around it. Yeah, it's like instead of a rib cage, they have uh, they have, they instead of a rib cage, they have like an actual protective uh barrier of bone around their their heart. Yeah, and, and there's only certain like there's certainly there's only like certain ways you can you can only like, go through the side of the of the of the side of the of the reaper to actually kill it, to actually stab it and actually kill it. Yeah, just making making them even more difficult to yeah. uh, to kill. Yeah. I believe uh, we didn't really talk about we talked about the techno music uh, of the first film, uh, but Mark Isham did the score, the actual score. I have the score to the first blade. Um, and it's it's only like because majority of the movie was just you know groups and bands that did the techno songs or hip hop songs, yeah, but yeah. the actual score soundtrack there's only like five tracks. But the score that wow. Mike Isham did is a few a few you know things here and there. He did a, especially for the finale fight with Frost uh, was a really good soundtrack. But this one it seemed like there was a more balance with the music. It seemed that there was more score and maybe very little. Uh, soundtracks from bands you know cypress yeah, hill yeah. we have what was it what was it uh cypress hill who else do we have in there uh we had a song from most deaf he had a he yeah, had a they, song on there yeah, it had a more of a had more of a hip-hop had more of a hip-hop vibe and still had the techno music but it had yeah. more of a like a hip-hop uh style vibe to the, yeah. to the music and everything but throughout yeah. the movie Throughout the movie, we actually it seemed like there was more orchestral score. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was, yeah, there was more of a. It was, it was more. The score was more original tor- for the film. Yeah. Than, than actually, than the, than like, than music that's added from you know soundtracks and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. That, Marco and, Beltrami, I think it's Marco Beltrami who did the score. He's a pretty good composer. So yeah, we forgot to mention about the music, the score part. But yeah, it was really good for this one. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. Uh, I think we've covered it up to this point, so we can go right into the third act. So you find out uh, that it wasn't just a freak accident that uh, Nomak was created. This yeah. was the big reveal uh, after they capture Blade and all that, and you have the big reveal. Oh, but before that, before the finale, that's that's the finale right there. Before that, we have another amazing badass fight action sequence. It's the highlight of the movie when uh, the Blood Pack and Blade go in the sewers to find the nest of the Reapers and to set the UV light bombs down there. 
that was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get betrayal down there. You get the one vampire trying to kill uh, Whistler on the side. So much yeah. happens down there. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just like, I love the, I love that scene where, first of all, I love Ron Perlman's pistols, the bladed pistols. Yeah. Yeah. That was fucking yeah. dope. So you can shoot and fucking cut people. That was great. Um, <clears throat> I love the scene where <laughs> things are not working out. Blade's like, we need to get the fuck out of here. We need to regroup. Exactly. And uh, <laughs> he goes up to the one bomb and he can't, the, the, the lever's stuck, so he can't turn it on. Meanwhile, there's hundreds of Reapers up there and he's just shooting all of them. He's like, bah, 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 bah. and there's like a mountain of Reapers coming up and he's just taking them all out. And then Pearlman and Nisa are on, the, they're defending themselves with hundreds of Reapers and they're getting surrounded and Pearlman's doing this you know, fancy two-gun poses and shooting out yeah. the Reapers. <laughs> and he's just like, come on, motherfuckers! <laughs> yep. You know he's gonna die, but he's like, fuck it, right? And, ne- and then they're like surrounded as like nieces like just spraying gun uh, bullets everywhere because they're surrounded, they won't die. And then Blade ends up uh, making the bomb work, kills the Reapers where he's at, then he runs over to where they're at. And you have yeah. one of the best camera shots in that movie where when blade runs into frame the camera's uh rotating around the room and when it rotates around the room it's such a it's such a fucking awesome badass shot because what you're seeing is you're seeing perlman shooting nisa shooting blade shooting hundreds of reapers but you're seeing them crawl on the walls coming in the tunnels and it's just this one take it's so badass. And then they, they're surrounded. And then, you know, Blade uh, makes the other bomb go off and they, they survive. Yeah. Uh, but Nisa's fucked up. And Perlman uh, ends up going somewhere else and betrays Blade in the end. But uh, when he finds Nisa, throughout the, throughout the movie, their relationship was very well done because it didn't feel forced. Yeah. It didn't feel like, oh, Blade! I love you, and you gotta leave what you gotta leave your career blade of vampire hunting, and you gotta leave your, your whistler and come come with me, and I'm gonna change you, blade. I'm gonna change you. No, there was none of that, right? If you love me, no, none of this bullshit of stuff. And can you imagine? Can you imagine, blade? Oh shit, blade, like, like lovey dovey talking to the to the to the love interest you know how horrible oh. and awkward that would have been oh yeah played out of nowhere hey baby i got what you need girl <laughs> i got what you need baby oh yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know you know what i'm saying you know how hey, horrible girl, that i been? love you <laughs> i don't know you but i love you <laughs> you know what i'm saying that would have been horrible Oh, but yeah, it was man. done in a way that didn't like it wasn't a slap in a way slap in the face to the fans and it still respected a blade character to where he didn't really show a lot of emotion it was subtle and they kept that and he finds you know throughout the you know he was kind of they were kind of snipping at each other at first yeah and then uh she was like look i know you don't give a fuck about these guys but telling them they're all gonna die tomorrow is not helping the situation <laughs> You know, you might want to give them some encouragement. I mean, I know you don't like us, but fuck, man, you know, you know, you're one of us in a way, like, you know, and he kind of, he starts to slowly 
you know. <clears throat> he gains, a, he gains a, a certain amount of respect for her. Yes. Yeah. And even, you know, Christophe, you know, Whistler's like, get a little cozy there, <laughs> little Miss Muffin, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and he does a line, he's like, yes, but, you know, keep your friends close, put your enemies closer. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, but you can tell he's kind of softening up just a little, just a little bit. And he gives her some encouragement. He tells her to, you know, take care of herself. You know, which is big for Blade to even say something like that to somebody. Um, as much as he hates vampires, that was another thing that kind of threw me off. But I guess it's like, uh, like, like, it's, like, like, like I said, I guess it, he just, I guess because he just, even I mean, even though it's still kind of, you know, fast into the film, he, 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 he ends up gaining a certain, a certain amount of respect for her, and like, uh, and he does show some concern, everything when she, like, when you know, when she almost dies, when the, the ultraviolet. Uh, grenade box goes off. He does yeah. show a sense. He does show a sense of, of a sense of you know what I do care about her, but you know he still has to be played and he still has to yeah. you know keep a he still has to like see you know he has to keep his his rough exterior and not show yeah. too much emotion and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like yeah. again showing emotion without showing emotion. So he, you know he I, finds I, her. She's all fucked up from the battle, and he finds her and uh, uh, he gives her his blood, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he, right. he, he, sees, yeah. he sees that she's he sees that she's injured, so he gives her he gives her like he uh, she he cuts himself open and he gives her blood so she can regenerate. Right, right, and but but the way he's holding her is you know again not really in a romantic way, but he's yeah. still, he's still like propping her up because he kind of cares for her a little bit. Again, yeah, not yeah. insulting the audience, not insulting the fans. By by cutting the fucking balls off of you know the the, <laughs> the main lead here you know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, exactly. so I really liked their dynamic it's like shit yeah. usually usually I'm not for this kind of stuff but it worked and then, and then you yeah. get to our finale here so they get portrayed and you find out the big reveal after uh, Norman Reedus portrays them the blade ends up blowing him up but they're still you know, captured uh, by Ron Perlman and Domeskinos and all them. And <clears throat> um, what happens? Uh, oh, the big reveal is that you find out that Nomak was manufactured. You yeah. find out that Nomak, the son of Domeskinos, uh, played by Luke Goss, volunteered for this experiment because they're trying to make daywalkers. Yeah. They're trying to make the, the perfect specimen of vampire, and they're trying to make daywalkers, which went horribly wrong, obviously, yeah. uh, with Nomak. And he was kind of shunned and stuff. So you know, that's why Nomak's fucking pissed. That's why he wants revenge. He's like, what the fuck, man? I volunteer for this, and you guys just shun me? Like, what Like what the hell? So that's why he's angry. And, um, again, uh, Blade gets saved. Again, they, it's kind of it's a little similar to the first movie where we need your blood. It's a little bit similar, right? Like, again, we need the Daywalker's blood to do something. <laughs> and so, again, they have him strapped to something and are taking his blood. So it's kind of like, oh, we're doing the same thing as the first movie. All right. Uh, but uh, he gets rescued by Whistler. And uh, Blade jumps he lets his body fall into uh, the big vat of blood that's there. It's like a big yeah. blood fountain. Yeah. 
And Perlman's shooting him on the way down, so he thinks he's dead. And then Perlman yeah. walks away, and he has a badass slow-motion shot of Blade coming up. And <laughs> I love how the whole entire time where Blade's being a badass and kicking everybody's ass, Perlman's just standing there, like, not phased at all. Like, he's just like – he's not showing fear. He's not like, oh, yeah. get, get him. He's just sitting there like, all right, let me warm up here. <laughs> exactly. Even and though so, it's not gonna help, even though it's not gonna help him any, no. still like ah, like even though he's even though he knows like oh man, you know it's Blade, he's still alive. Like okay, well, well, I feel like I'm probably gonna die anyway, so I might as well go out looking like I'm tough. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a he's such a shit talker. So then we have the the techno music comes on and um, uh, a, one of the best fight scenes ever. Big body count, Blade taking out all the vampires again in an awesome fashion. Now, which was satisfying to scratch the fucking itch. Now, were you okay with the wrestling maneuvers? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> I didn't mind them. I didn't. I didn't mind the wrestling maneuvers. I think. You know what? I think they threw it in for comedy. I mean, I, think. But, I mean, what do you but, think? But they also got to think. Um, I don't know if you remember. Now that I'm gonna throw it out there real quick, like 2002. 2001, 2002 was like, that was when freaking, that was when the WWE actually bought out WCW and then they had the invasion, uh, they, yeah, had, yeah. they had the invasion um, storyline and like wrestling was all over the place at that time. I don't it's know. It's still popular. That. Yeah. 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 Re- a, lot of, a lot of people thought it was cheesy. I mean, even Nomad gave Blade a couple of Macho Man elbows later, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, remember, I, I think I think it was just for fun. I think it was just yeah, for yeah, yeah. because I mean, look at because look at the look at the way Blade pops up after he suplexes the guy because yeah. he holds the guy there for forever and then suplex and then he just he just pops from, <laughs> like the way he pops up is like so comedic. It's like they they're just taking the piss. They're just having fun. I don't think yeah they're just throwing like they're just throwing stuff out there and and it's like, just for uh, fun. Yeah, just for fun. But I mean, I mean, a lot. But at that time, a lot of a lot of other movies were adding wrestling moves, and yeah, at that point. So, but yeah. I think they just added it just to add some flavor, I guess. It's just fun. It was just fun. And then, yeah, fun. then you had the standoff between Blade and Reinhardt, and he's all, uh, what did he say? <laughs> he grabs Blade's sword. He, he he still has Blade's sword, and he goes, oh, "What's the line?" He goes, "Something about." I'm trying to remember too. He goes, um, you know, one thing my dad told me. He says, "Son, no." He's like, one thing my dad told me right before he killed my mom. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, son, if you gotta do something, do it yourself. <laughs> it's something like that, and then he tries to kill Blue. <laughs> I'm so remember, now, now I'm trying to remember that man. Now I can't remember. I think it was, some, it was something like, like that, right? Is that what he said? Like. I got a uh, something my something. There's <laughs> something like that, you know. But and then Blade punks him, cuts him in half, which is hilarious. And then style with substance. After that badassity, Whistler way up from the top. He's like way up there, the topper level. And he goes, "Hey, Blade!" Throws him his sunglasses. Boom! <laughs> he clutches, catches the sunglasses. Like boom! Yeah. <laughs> And then we have our uh, finale scene with him and Novak. But before, well, Novak, I love that scene where Novak's breaking into the compound. The music was building, the horror part of it. And he's just unstoppable. They're shooting bullets at him. He's just tearing through the doors, screaming, 
killing all the guards, and then he kills Domoskinos, obviously for revenge, because he's like, I love that scene too. And this this movie, speaking of where are they now, this movie made me a fan of Luke Goss, and he was also used again as the main villain in Hellboy Two, yeah. the Golden. Yeah, he Army. was. He was. Uh, he was. And he uh, was great in that too. And I yeah. and after that, I was like, what happened? what happened it's like he, he just went to straight to video movies a lot of a lot of cheesy b movies of you know the death race uh sequels i believe oh that, that i remember that one yeah and he, he he's was, just he kind of really like good. he's 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 consistently working he has a lot of work uh which is good to see him consistently working but he's another guy where he had potential to be more in my opinion, you know, and not necessarily superstar or star in big budget films, but be a good co-star in things, or at least some, at least a, a central figure on a popular TV show. You yeah. know, like he, he, he had something. I don't know. Some people make fun of him. They call him the, what if Tom Cruise was on meth? <laughs> <laughs> have, you really? seen, have you seen Luke Goss without makeup? Uh, Lucas, that's what you're gonna think of now when you. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be. Well, I mean, Tom Tom Cruise on crack, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but I I was a fan of the guy, and I'm still kind of a fan of him. I just have to be picky with a lot of. It's not all the straight to video movies are good. I mean, there's a lot of bad ones. Um, Yeah, I I expected. I kind of wished he would have done more. You know, he was a he was a. I mean, I I I liked him in I liked him in Hellboy. Yeah. When he played uh, Prince in Water, he was he was a I was like that was tailor made for his character. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I like the performance with him and Domoskinos when Domoskinos knows he's fucked. Yeah. And at this point, Nisa's kind of turned on her dad because she didn't know that's what happened to her brother. She didn't know anything. She didn't know about that. Yeah. And so she was like, "Well, fuck." Now this this has all been a joke. You know, my father um, basically set me up to die if possible. Like, if I didn't complete the task, he basically put me on a you know suicide mission. So what the fuck? And you have the really good scene where Nomak walks up to Domoskinos, and you could tell you could tell Domoskinos is uh, is nervous. Yeah. And uh, but he's still trying to. It, what it's a tragedy what has befallen you. <laughs> you know, he's all like, you know, you come back and take your rightful place at my side. What is he? What is he, the emperor? <laughs> oh, he's trying to, trying take to play your, off the ass, put you over. Take your place at my side. Is he the emperor? <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> so he's doing that, and and uh, he kind of tries to embrace uh, Luke Novak, yeah. and Novak hugs him. And when he hugs him, you have a really good dialogue where, uh, you know, Domoskinos was, you know, praising him and hyping him up. You will be known as the greatest of the great and all that. And, yeah, exactly. And, and you have Nomak saying, you know, if all of this is true, why is there fear in your voice? You know, like, yeah. and then he's like, Dah. you know, and then right after that, bites him, but he doesn't reaper bite him. He, uh, so that way he won't turn into into one. That way he'll just yeah. die. Yeah. So he bleeds out. He grabs Renisa's foot, and she's like, "Fuck you, get away!" And surprisingly, he goes after and and bites Nisa. You know, I thought maybe at that point, 
okay, here's where Blade comes in. He rescues Nisa, the damsel in distress. Nope. She gets it. <laughs> you know, again, another cool thing about the film. Like, it was not just your cliche damsel in distress bullshit. Yeah. She she kind of gets it, and she was expecting it. You know, she 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 welcomed it. You know, she felt guilty for being a part of that. And um, he bites her. I mean, no, she, go ahead. she still she she still shouldn't have been. I mean, she still she felt guilty, but then she was like, but she still didn't. She didn't. I really know about it. Like she didn't really. I mean, she. Uh, it's I not guess her. It's not the, her fault. Yeah, I mean, her dad might have. Her, her dad might have said, that, "Oh, you know what? He went into exile, or." Or he abandoned us, or he abandoned the coven, or whatever was going on, and all that, and all that yeah. stuff. And that's why, like, but I was like still thinking to myself, like in the beginning, like why, why she, you know, why should she feel bad, or why should she, you know, feel guilty about it when you know it wasn't it wasn't her fault. But you know, he just did it because I guess he was either fed up, or he was like, you know what, the whole world, you know, if once once his once uh his dad once he killed his father, he's like, okay, you know what, I'm just gonna, it's just me now. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna turn everybody into reapers, and you know, I'm gonna do all that stuff. Pretty but, much. Yeah. And it was a little, it was a little sad. You're right. It was a little sad because uh, it wasn't really her fault, you know, and it was sad that she got bitten, but why was it sad? Because there was a good performance from both actors. The story, the story was well-written and you actually ended up caring about Nisa by the end. She's not just there to be eye candy. You know, she's, you cared about the character. You know, yeah, she was. She was. A, I mean, that she did. She did great as far as as acting wise. Yeah, she did great, and then she's well, she's more known. She's more known as a as television, a, more to television now. I okay, that. but she's um, uh, my mommy. She was beautiful. She knew yeah. how to act. She's she's uh she's Spanish. Yeah, you know. So and it's um, but yeah, man, she did. She was as far as her being, I guess, the heroine, uh, or like um, I guess the supporting character for Blade. Yeah. She she did a, she also made it look like you know that she she didn't put herself off to play you know right off the bat too and could have made the movie seem a little more look a little more ridiculous you know but she yeah. was more like she was more honorable and more like about getting stuff done than actually about her being you know what oh you know Blade I want his you know you know what I want his junk and make it seem like <laughs> it's all like you know what like no like, she, she's like, oh, she was what? she was all business. Yeah, exactly. That's, and she and she she kicked ass too. She fought. She didn't, you know. Oh, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, it was a very well written and and well performed character. Okay. Uh, which made you feel. And I I I you know, it's not my the rom- the romance mo- movies and shit, okay? It's not really my <laughs> it's not really my thing. <laughs> it's not your cup of tea. <laughs> it's not my thing. I can appreciate it if it's done well, I guess. But it's not really my it's not really my thing, right? Yeah, exactly. But but the way this movie ended with her dying in Blade's arms was done so well that oh, yeah. again did not insult the fans, did not insult casuals, and it was done so well that there was really no dial there was no dialogue. When Blade when Blade after the really badass fight with him and Novak, I love I love that fight. It was just a street fight. And uh, it was a more satisfying fight than the fight with Frost. Yeah. In my opinion. And one, of the, hi- one of the highlights of that fight <clears throat> was um, Blade snapping Nomax's arm. And you see the bone pop out. 
Yeah. And then yeah. Nomak flips over him and reconstructs his arm <laughs> and then elbows yeah. him on the top of the head. I was just like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is fucking dope. You know what cracked me up about that fight? There were so many, there were so many hard hits. Like, again, comic book feel, bigger, boom, boom. You want to, you know, bigger, better, right? There was, a lot, there was a lot of hard, that's why there were so many hard hits. People smashed into walls and all that shit. Uh, because that's what Del Toro was going for. But what yeah. cracks me up about that about that fight is not once does Blade's sunglasses fall off. <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it, yeah, I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> but you don't care. Yeah, you know exactly, man. Like, you, you would think care. it would you would have think if it would have headbutt him or something, they would have shattered or something. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> but you just don't care because you're having a blast. Uh, but uh, and the fight was longer, and the fight yeah. was longer and more satisfying. Yes. Yes, I agree. And uh, uh, Blade ends up defeating Nomak. He kills him. He shanks him. He gets that through the bone, through the yeah, heart yeah. this time. <clears throat> Takes him out. He dies. And then he gets to Nisa. And Nisa's already dying. She knows she's done. And she tells him, I would like to see the sunrise for the first time. So then she puts on the vampire mascara and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so then Blade picks her You're up. Already from? <laughs> Blade picks her up, walks out to the balcony, and the sun slowly comes out, and Blade's holding her. And he even puts his hand on the top of her head for a second, kind of rubs her hair. But it's subtle. It's very subtle. Okay. Um and slowly, this is done so well, slowly her skin starts to crumble and flake as it's being burned while he's holding her. And she looks up at him. I think she grabs his cheek first, his face for a second. While that's happening, her hand, her arms, everything is basically flakes at this point. And a very emotional score right there from Beltrami as Blade basically is covered in dust and or ash, and he stands up. And you have that backwards camera, long, faraway shot of Blade standing up with the ash and the sun in the distance. And that's... <laughs> it was, man. It was so well up. done. Like, really well done. And, 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 and even though these movies have aged well and they're still fans of these films today, I still feel in a way they're kind of underrated, especially when it comes to the comic book movie genre. I still feel like they're underrated, but they, I'm, I'm happy that at least it's still getting the love that it's getting. Um, uh, anything else before we move on to the masterpiece that is Trinity? <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> you know what, man? Like, like you said, like with, uh, just the the scene where she turns into ash in his arms and like you would you would think like some people would have probably thought like oh you know we don't you know or probably uh, Guillermo was thinking oh I hope it doesn't look too corny and I hope it doesn't look too uh, you know too generic but yeah I mean like uh, I don't know if I've ever seen any kind of vampire movie that I can remember of or that I can think of right this moment that had an ending like that where where Blade carries out, where Blade's carrying out Nisa, and she just, and you know, and she starts to, the sun starts to, you know, turn, turn her to yeah. ash and everything, and and it, it was, 
I thought it, I, I liked that part, man. I didn't think it yeah. was corny at all. Um, they have aged, I think, well, like you said, also. Um, I mean, like, like, like you said, everything you just mentioned is, is I mean, it, it, everything, in my opinion, also, it, everything you say makes sense. And, like, they're, they're always going to have, they're always, they're always going to have their spot, even when now they're making the, they're already going to do a new blade. They're going to reboot the blade. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that later. We'll mention it uh, towards the end. And then, but uh, yeah. But, uh, but that, uh, <clears throat> that ending was, that ending was fitting for, for Blade 2. And I don't know why people, I don't know why the, like, you know, like uh, a lot of the film, like the film critics were bashing on it, but it actually made more money than the first film. Yeah. You know, Blade 2 did, made, made more money. Yeah. And, and, and just like on a, you know, finally with this review for Blade 2, you know, on, on a high note, I, I enjoyed it, man. I, I enjoyed both. I enjoyed the first one and the second one. Yeah, six, and, 6.7 is way too low. That's I mean, way acting, too low. Like, that's like... I mean, I think they gave... I think IMDb gave Blade 1 a 7 point something. But for, but for Blade 2 to have a 6.7 or whatever it was, that's it's kind of weird, but whatever. As long as, long as we enjoy them. Exactly. That's all that matters, man. That's all that matters. Yeah, two kick-ass action slash horror comic book movies, however you want to look at them. Uh, and there's particular genres, a hybrid genre film. And um, it all worked out great. And uh, both were successes, huge hits. And uh, yeah, I was still, at the time, was still a, well, I'm still a fanboy, I guess. But yeah. I was not prepared for Blade Trinity. Now, when Blade Trinity came out, let me, let me get the fact check in here. Hold on. Let me go to... Uh, now, you remember, man. Don't don't be biased. You know, if you uh, well, not biased. Be you know, make sure you're honest, man. If you really like the movie, let me know. Wow, that's not good. They didn't waste any time. This movie came out two years after Blade Two. Yikes! Really, two years? Yeah. Yikes, that's not good. <laughs> wow. Okay. So before I go into my rant, I'll allow you. I have this vibe. I have this feeling that you didn't hate the movie as much as I did. So I will allow you, sir, to talk about the positives, what you liked about the film. Go for okay. it. Okay. Here we go. Nothing. No, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. It's okay. There's, there's people. There's fans. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know me. I always, I'm always raw and real too. Man. Yeah. So, like, uh, okay. I liked. I still liked the design of Blade. Um, didn't like the red on his shirt on his shirt for the armor that was terrible yeah. at the end at the yeah. end right it was like some yeah, skin yeah. tight turtleneck looking thing yeah that was horrible okay, but, but positives okay but positives okay jessica beale okay <laughs> and um the the the, the look the, what they try to do with with of course with i mean Wesley Cypress was already, you know, he was already hitting, he was up there in age already, so he wasn't able to do a lot of whole stuff, you know, 
wasn't able to do a lot of his own stunts anymore. But I mean, uh, fight choreography was great. Um, also, um, Parker Posey, I've had the biggest crush on her since, uh, <laughs> since, since what well, since I think since what was it called? Since Days of Confused. Uh -huh. And like, uh, but yeah, man, uh, uh, it seems like a struggle. Seems like a struggle in there. I can't believe I picked that. Ryan Reynolds was somewhat funny, but still couldn't like you know play it off like he did Deadpool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it. It seemed like you know. I mean, and the addition, of course, of which even though it was such a small, you know, it was such a small uh, addition. Of course, Chris Christopherson. Uh. But I, as far as that goes, man, it's all like really. I mean, okay. You like, some, say you like some of the action? Yeah, you like some yeah, yeah. of the action. You like yeah. Jessica Biel, which is understandable. <laughs> so there you go. Action, Jessica Biel, and you like the way Blade looked, the design of Blade, and until the red bullshit skin type oh, leotard thing he was wearing. And then, and then, and then using, and then using the the kind of some of the. The references to the original comic books, the Marvel comic books, which is the Night Stalkers. I don't know if you know about those. Yes. Yes, I'm actually familiar yeah. with the Night Stalkers. I mean, the, com the comic book itself. And yeah. I and I will... I'm, don't be shocked here. <laughs> I, have, I have two positives. I actually have two positives. My positive is... I always wondered in the first two Blade movies, where's the police? Like, especially, especially with the, you know, rewatching them now, Blade is blatantly walking around, the, like, on the sidewalk with his long-ass trench coat, and nobody's staring at him, nobody's, like, like, he's not blending in is what I mean, right? He's just, yeah, yeah. I'm Blade, I'm just walking around, and it's like, he actually pulls out his pistol multiple times in crowds in front of people and yeah. shoots his gun. But there no cops were called. No cops showed up. There's no reports. Like, I always kind of wondered at some point was Blade. I mean, there's, there's a scene where you have that one police officer in Blade One, the familiar, where he's literally beating the shit uh, out of in broad daylight in front of people. And yeah. nobody's, nobody's reporting him beating up a cop in, <laughs> in broad daylight. But, like, you don't care because you like the movie, right? You're like, keep that right, right. Ass, right? Yeah. But I always wondered. Uh, you could, I mean, they they mention, you know, that they own the police. Yeah. Right. So maybe that. So I was like, maybe that's why you never seen them. Well, in this version, um, the word has gotten out that this guy's a fucking psychopath, and he thinks he he's basically a vigilante, and he's yeah. going around killing innocent people, but he thinks he's killing vampires because he's insane. I thought yeah. that was interesting. That that's how the cops who weren't familiars uh, yeah. viewed Blade, the detective. Yeah. You have James Remar uh, was one of the detectives and, and whatnot. I thought that was interesting because I thought at some point with actually, all this, it was, actually it was FBI. The FBI. They they came in later, but that guy ended up being a familiar though, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you had the two detectives, you have James Remar and this other dude. Uh, that were they had the case first before FBI came in, I think. Yeah, jurisdiction. Another another jurisdiction took over. Yeah, okay. Right. I forgot about that. So I thought that was interesting, right? At some point, you know, the cops they're going to look at fucking Batman as a vigilante, right? 
So exactly. it was interesting that they kind of do the same thing with Blade. So I was like, okay, that kind of starts to answer questions. <clears throat> uh, what was the other positive? The concept of the Night Stalkers. Yeah. I did like the concept of the Night Stalkers uh, that Blade had his own team. I think that's I think that's awesome. Blade having his own team, a backup, and uh, and whatnot. I like the concept of the Night Stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> The concept was good, but we'll get to the Night Stalkers in in a minute here. So, okay, now it's now when I saw the movie, the TV spots, I saw the the trailers on TV. Something looked off about it, and especially when when you get WWF WWE at the time, basically highlighting it a lot that Triple H was going to be in the movie, yeah. and at, and at that time wrestlers being in films were doesn't usually meant that the movie's probably not going to be great because even around that time the rock starred in things but the movies weren't great and the rock was not a big star yet the rock yeah, wasn't yeah. even a superstar like he is now right yeah yeah and so you get a little bit of cheese factor there when triple h is going to be in the newest blade trinity coming out under the you know it's just a little like okay i don't know it's not it's not boosting my confidence that it's going to be an awesome movie and think about <laughs> it think about it i'm coming off the first two films so 2 years prior was blade 2 and only 2 years passed and we have another blade movie so i'm kind of like is this going to suck right so I remember me and Fat Ninja, a couple of other homies, we went to go see Blade Trinity. Now, am I wrong? But I could have sworn this was PG-13 when it came out. I don't. I because there's no, I there's no gore. Yeah. There's no. There's nothing. Like if it was a rated R, it was a soft R. Because I know the vampire. I think the vampire got his head cut off, and I remember Ryan Reynolds saying, "What the fuck is that?" But you're with PG thirteen movies. You're allowed at least one fuck. You're yeah. allowed one fuck. You could say, but there was really like in terms of gore and I, I, it just felt really. It felt like a soft R. But on the DVD, it says it's rated R. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so anyway, so uh, we were sitting down. We're watching the movie. Right. We're watching the movie, and you have. Oh, this was another positive I'll throw out there. You have. The opening action sequence, which is really short, but it's fucking cool. It's fucking badass. It's Blade and his element. You have this huge burning building. It's explosion. He's coming out of the burning building with both, both pistols looking like a badass. He starts fighting all these dudes. And he pulls out this really awesome weapon that he only uses in this scene and doesn't use it anymore. And there's this whip cable with like an arrowhead on the end. And he can whip yeah, yeah. around and attack dudes and stuff like that. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. fucking cool. That, that was, was fucking cool. Movie. Right? And after that, that opening bad. action, after that opening fight sequence, I literally leaned over to Fat Ninja and I told him, I said, how much you want to bet that that's the best part of the fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> because in my, opinion, in my opinion... I, you know, everyone has different opinions. There's some people that love this movie, and that's fine. But in my opinion, the, the action scenes after that opening were not the same level. They were not up to par. In my opinion, we could, you know, we could be different. That's fine. I just, it's just my opinion. And so 
I, in my opinion, I was right. But you had this opening where your helicopter comes in the desert. Where were they with the, when they were trying to uh, free Dracula? You know what country they were in? I don't remember. I don't think it matters. So anyway, <laughs> so the helicopter lands. This is the beginning of the fucking movie before we even get to the blade fight. You have, you have you know, suspicious characters all tied up. I guess they had the vampire mar- mascara underneath their outfits, I guess. But they're all wrapped up. They get out of the, in broad daylight. They get on the helicopter. They walk towards the, the, the mountain, whatever. And one of the vampires turns around and flips off the sun. That's how yeah. the movie starts, folks. And I immediately started laughing. <laughs> I was just like, oh, we're in for it. We're in for it. Here we go. And inside, they go inside the thing. And what, what was confusing me, I was like, wait a minute. Why are they using flashlights to try to find Dracula? They're vampires. <laughs> what is, you know, I'm like, they have these. They have the freaking lights to shake and you throw and shit. I'm like, you're vampires. Why can't you see in the dark? So I'm like, okay, here we go. We're just going to keep piling up here. Now, Parker Posey, she's a good actress. I've seen her in things. I think if you look at her over-the-top evil acting in this movie, I think she knew she was in shit. (laughs) If you watch her, I think she's like, fuck it. I'm going to be over-the-top and I'm going to have fun. I think, because yeah. her acting was like, really, I'm evil, and I'm going to be evil, and I don't have, I'm a female, I don't have a mustache to twirl, but if I did, <laughs> I mean, she was like, but I think she knew this was not going to be a fantastic movie, and she was like, fuck it, I'm going to have fun with the character, I'm going to be over the top. I think, if just watch her performance, man. She's <laughs> never that over the top. And she was so over the top. And so, and then you got Triple H. Every single word that came out of Triple H's mouth was horrible, and it made me laugh because he can't act. <laughs> it's his first line. They're looking at the, the you know, the with the hieroglyphics or whatever the fuck, the, the, the writing down there where Dracula's tomb is. And the yeah. first thing, the first line Triple H says is, what the hell is this chicken scratch? <laughs> That's the first thing he says. I'm like, oh, God. Oh God! The same way, the same, the same way he does his freaking promos, freaking <laughs> wrestling. The same way he he worked in that movie, man. It's like it's like every single time, every single time he spoke in that freaking in that movie was a promo. <laughs> it, it was, and yeah, Ryan Reynolds making fun of him, saying he's got no dick later oh, yeah. in the movie, and then he's all like, he kicks him in the face. You haven't even seen my dick. <laughs> And then, and then Parker Posey, man, Parker Posey was, she was basically, she was basically like doing Daisy Confused, but as a vampire. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like she, but I, I could, t- she was, you could just tell, she was like, fuck it, I'm going to have fun with this. I'm going to be over the top, you know, and have fun with this character because everything else is bad. Now, a good example, there was probably many factors of why this movie was not as good as the first two. And a lot of it was behind-the-scenes stuff. And a lot of it was from Blade. A lot of it was from Wesley Snipes himself. And you have um, David S. Goyer, who's only known to be a writer. He wrote the first Blade movie. Okay? He wrote this one. But he's, you know, David S. Goyer is popular for writing the Dark Knight trilogy as well. Yeah. He, I mean, he's known to be a popular writer. This movie was his very first time being a director. 
He has not directed anything in his entire life. And it kind of shows, in my opinion, it kind of shows that he's not experienced yet. And I think that mixed with him and uh, Wesley Snipes not getting along at all behind the scenes to the point, I'm not making this up, to the point where Wesley Snipes refused to talk to him for the rest of the filming of the film. He would write notes of what he wanted to say to him and have someone deliver the note to David. And David would receive the note, <laughs> right? And he would read it and send, write something and send it back to Blade. And Wesley Snipes only wanted to be called Blade by David. He said, you will not call me Wesley during filming this. You will call me Blade. You will refer to me as Blade. Wow. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Wesley. I'm assuming maybe the tax evasion stuff was going on during that time. Maybe his career was not going well. Maybe he was having a lot of personal issues. I'm not sure. But nobody said anything about Wesley during Blade 1 and Blade 2 of him being difficult. So I'm not sure if David was being difficult as well. You never know. It's my first movie. I'm the director. Me, me, me. And you never know. You get two egos doing this right? That did not help, which kind of shows across the screen, because if you look at Wesley Snipes through this movie, sometimes in the movie, he's on point, but some other parts of the movie, it seems like he's just there, man. He's just there for a check. He's just wandering around, you know, and I mean, you know it's bad when your own star did not show up to the premiere of the film. Oh, wow. He didn't even go? Oh, wow. I didn't even, that's something I didn't know. Dude, so obviously (laughs) something did not go well. And he did watch the movie later and he he hated it. And I, even Chris Christopherson was kind of disappointed with the film. But it's just a lot of parts of the movie. Now, okay. Can you enjoy this film if you turn your brain off? Sure. You got some solid action scenes here and there. Not as good as the first two. Not as good as the first two, in my opinion. But you get some solid action scenes here and there, and you got the good guys versus the bad guys. So you can you can enjoy the film. But coming off the first two, and you're following the saga and the journey of these characters, for me, it was really, really, really disappointing. I mean, how how do you kill off Whistler within 25 minutes of the movie? Exactly. 25 minutes in and you have the horrible reaction that I posted earlier <laughs> of Blade standing there going it's like, he was, it's like he didn't even try to care bro like it's like he didn't even try to he didn't even try to act like he he was acting to say like you know what <laughs> like Tree and Whistler just got fi- finally wasted for like once and for all and all he can do is try to make a it was so it was so cringe it was so cringe it was so bad there are parts of the movie where blade's teeth even looked weird like it was it was just but i was so i was i got angry when i saw in theater back in the day i got angry when whistler died and the reason why i got angry was because the first fucking movie (laughs) when they killed him off was a better more dramatic and it meant more 
death scene for his character. Now, fast forward to 2002, we're going to kill him again. And that was one of the most lamest. All right, we got to get Chris, Chris Christopherson offset. We're done with him. We got, we're done with that scene. That, all right, next scene. Next, I mean, it's so obvious. That was so lame. Of His death was just so, Blade, get out of here. And he died. And he blew up. And it was just so bad. Now, to me, that was kind of a slap in the face. To me. To me. Everyone's different. But, and then you get the ah, yeah, reaction from Blake, <laughs> <laughs> which I is so cringe. It was so bad. Oh my God. I was like, so yeah, man. Like, I, so I saw bad. that, man. I was laughing when I first saw it this morning. I was laughing. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a fun review. And I'm like, this is going to be a fun review. <laughs> but before, before all of that, Things were annoying me, like plot-wise. Like, why is Whistler having dialogue with Blade? Like, I've been doing this before you were born, boy, and you got to listen to me. I'm like, well, this is the third movie. Why are we having a conversation like this? So for those of you that don't know, that are listening and watching, uh, the vampire set Blade up. So after the, after the pretty kick-ass opening action sequence, Blade follows what he thinks is a vampire, shoots him, but is actually a familiar. And they're recording it on the side because nobody got video cell phones. That technology is not there yet. <laughs> right? And so they film that. They give it to the cops. And the cops label him as this crazy, insane vigilante guy that thinks he sees vampires, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but the movie... Like, like David wrote this plot and I'm like, what happened? Because the movie's like, Whistler's like, you know, that's how we survive. If we don't kill humans, we don't bring attention to ourselves. We only kill vampires. And I'm like thinking to myself, why are we just now having this conversation? <laughs> this is the third movie. You think that would be something in the first movie they would say, he would say, exactly. it's the third movie. And what makes this dialogue even more pointless and doesn't make any sense, after, Bl after Whistler horribly dies terribly, and Blade goes, ah, yeah, and then he gets taken away, right? <laughs> the cops interview him, and what does he tell the cops? The cops ask him, how many humans have you, no, no, he says, how many people have you killed? And Blade goes, Blade tells him that they were all bad. They were all familiars, meaning humans. Yep. But I killed like uh, over a thousand something. Yeah, if he's yeah. killed over a thousand familiars already, wow. why did we have a scene earlier where he kills one and Whistler's like, we have to talk about this. <laughs> they've been, they've been killing familiars since Blade one. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. They've it been killing no familiars sense. since 1998. <laughs> which it doesn't are make sense, though. Like, if he's <laughs> really killed that many humans, why is yeah. Whistler pissed off all of a sudden about him killing or one? Why did they even add that line to the movie? Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't even need it. And you know what's exactly. funny? You know what's funny about that scene? When he goes... We can't kill humans, Blade, because it brings attention to us, and that's how we survive. 
literally right after that, what happens? Uh, right after oh. that, Whistler grabs a shotgun and starts shooting humans. Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck? Ah, yeah. <laughs> now my blade impression oh, is sounding like an Ewok. And it's <laughs> Maybe I should stop doing that because now we got Blade Ewok now. So I'm like, and we're only 25 minutes in, 30 minutes in. I'm already annoyed. I'm already like, what happened to the first kick-ass scene with Blade? Like, that was cool. Like, what are we doing now? Like, where is this going? So he gets rescued by the Night Stalkers, Ryan Reynolds and Whistler's daughter. Now, the positive I will give uh jessica beale i mean obviously she's attractive right that's a bonus but i think she tried hard i think she yeah you could tell she trained you could tell she trained she got all muscular you could tell she worked out and she did give a lot of effort for the part unfortunately for me for me they did not give her a lot to do we barely got a chance to know her her backstory was in one line. Yep. One line. And I'm like, this is Whistler's daughter. That's the best we can do. And then the line came from her. Yeah, they're all walking. And she's all like, hey, Blade. Uh, yeah, the reason I exist is because uh, my dad had me out of wedlock. And many years later, I tracked him down and I wanted in. That's it. Yeah. That's all you get. And so when the, and this is where I see how David is not experienced as a film director, because later you'll have a scene where it seems like she's dealing with, it was, so, it was supposed to be an emotional scene where you see her getting to the, she's getting into the shower. She's taking off the bloody clothes. She's getting into the shower and she's kind of like thinking over her life. And they make the mistake of replaying a clip from a better film. So they play that scene from Blade One where yeah. Whistler's talking to Bonk's adventure. He's telling her that, you know, this is what happened to my family and both of my daughters died and all that. And then she's thinking of that for some reason. And then right after that, you can tell that they just added generic Christopherson voice after that. Telling her, I did not want this life for you. What's her name? Abby? Abigail? What's her name? Yeah, Abigail. Abigail Whistler. Yeah. And he and it's it's so bad because it's like no movie. You know, despite Jessica Beale trying to emote and she's trying to act for this scene, the directing of it is terrible because it's like you can tell the audio is off. Like you can see you show the scene, like this is what happened to my my, my vampire drifter came calling one night. And he killed my two daughters and my wife. And then right after that, I did not want this for you, Abigail. <laughs> I did not want this life for you. And that's the end of the scene. And it was just like, I mean, she did. She did try harder. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'll give her more. I'll give her more credit to her just, you know, being eye candy. You know, which is no. She, you, is, could, you could tell she worked out. She trained. Yeah, she. I mean, she tell. like she had broader. She had broader shoulders than Ryan Reynolds did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. And and I thought she was okay for someone that's not an action actress. 
I thought she was solid in the fights. The problem I had with the fight zone was not was not the fight choreography, because you like the fight choreography. The the problem I had with it was a lot of the fights. There was a lot of choppy editing. There was a lot of quick cut editing, and oh, yeah. it was a little bit too much. And I'm not sure if that was done on purpose because Jessica Biel is a rookie to this, yeah. or you know it, it was good enough. It wasn't it wasn't too egregious to where it was annoying, and I was like, "Fuck this fight scene." But you could tell it was there compared to the previous films. There was yeah, it was even it even was with Blade's fight scenes, it was kind of choppy. Yeah, it was, it was noticeable. Yeah, it was noticeable. It was noticeable that she wasn't. That you could tell she wasn't. You know, she wasn't coordinated. She wasn't coordinated to doing. You know, the martial arts. They showed her. She she was athletic. I mean, she was yeah. athletic, which was yeah. which was a good part. Her acting wasn't bad, but like you said, they didn't give her a whole lot. To her, they didn't like, they didn't give a whole lot to her character for her to maybe give the audience the chance to uh, I guess how can you say be more uh, attached sympathetic towards her yeah, sympath- yeah or sympathetic yeah emotionally but, attached to her yeah it's like, yeah but like but but like her but the choreography I mean it was good but it wasn't like one and two no at all and but it was and, it, it wasn't was terrible though. Yeah, it was it was it was choppy, and they would go from they would use different angles. They they would use different angles when it came to the to some of the choreography, and um and like I said, like she's like she she was more than eye candy, and she did try hard. Like she, yeah. you could tell she put like she put some she put her effort into it. I think she did more than Ryan, than Ryan Reynolds did. But I hated I hated Ryan Reynolds and Triple H's fight in the movie. <laughs> that sucked that was some slow that i just i hated it i hated it and what made me hate it more excuse me was it kept cutting away from fucking blade versus dracula blade versus dracula why are we cutting away to what's this chicken scratch You ain't even seen my dick before. I was just like, dude, oh my God, I was dying, man. I was like, oh, this is like, I'm just getting up. They just ass raped us. (laughs) And the Dracula Blade fight wasn't even really that great, but let us see it. I mean, let us see it, you know, but it's just, oh. Anyway, there were moments at the end, I like that they were decent. Uh, with the end finale action, I like the way Blade was using his glaive again. Yeah, he brought that back. That was cool. He did shoot a. He, he was shooting a lot of vampires, which was fun. I mean, that was there. Um, <clears throat> but I just didn't give a shit about the Night Stalkers, man. I cared more about the fucking. What'd you call them? The Blood Pact. The Blood Pact, or yeah, the Blood Pact. And we didn't even get a chance to get to know them, but they were more interesting than the Night yeah. Stalkers. And Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, he was fine. He Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this was this was around, unfortunately for Ryan Reynolds, this was around the time where him starring in comic book movies was a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, Blade Trinity bomb did not do well. Uh, X-Men Wolverine, X-Men Origins. Yeah. He was bootleg oh, well, bullshit Deadpool in there, which was oh, terrible. Yeah. And then we had Green Lantern, Oof. which 
some parts of Green Lantern I actually like, but overall it is a it is a disappointing film. So that's three comic book outings that I could think of that all were failures. You know, that not, did not do well that Ryan Reynolds was in. But luckily for him, 10 years later, he got Deadpool. Hell froze over, you know. Yeah. And we had another successful Marvel R-rated film ever since Blade. How about that? Right? Yep. Now, here's another interesting tidbit that you probably already know. So not only did Blade hate the director and not get along with him, he hated Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> really? Really, bro. So the, the, the friction of their characters on, in the movie, where Blade, like, he's just, you know, Ryan Reynolds is quipping, you know, quip, 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 doing Ryan Reynolds stuff, doing what he does, and Blade's, like, annoyed. Well, apparently behind the scenes, it was the same way. He could not stand Ryan Reynolds. So it sounded like a shit show behind the scenes. It, it did not sound like a great filmy experience. But the Night Stalkers were disappointed, man. I didn't give a shit about Patton, Patton Oswald. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't even remember what happened to his fucking character. And I just watched this movie last night. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it. What happened to his character? He never came out after that. Like, he just, he just, he just did, they just did okay. And when Ryan Reynolds asked him, well, we, we talking about the, you're talking about the, the guy that was part of the Night Stalkers, right? The, yeah, he's, the, he's the short, the short, chunky guy. He's a yeah. comedian in real life. Yeah, the one I just remember <clears> was, the only thing I remember was like Ryan Reynolds saying, Have you ever gone, have you ever been late? And he's like, Of course, with women. Yeah. And then yeah. I think there was a scene later where he tells, he asked Jessica Beale, like, What do you want? You want the big stuff, the big guns? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, yeah. He turns around. I don't remember what happened to him after that. I don't know if he died. He, if he died, I just didn't care. Give a shit to know what no, happened. No, no. You know what? No, he, he got killed. Dracula killed him. How? I don't even remember. I just Dracula, watched this movie. They, they, were, they, were, shooting, they were shooting basketball. <coughs> uh, the, the blind the blind, uh, the blind, girl, I forgot her she, name. She got killed. Yeah, she got killed. But, but she was doing her research on that... Uh, was it they said it was a that thing that kills Dracula at the end right uh but uh I know that they were they it was him and the other black guy that was like their I guess their chauffeur the one that would that picked them up when they were getting out of the when they saved Blake from the, from the police okay. station and they were they were both shooting basketballs they had a hoop inside they I had remember an actual that. Hoop in there. yeah they had a hoop they had a, they had a basketball uh, court inside and they were shooting hoops and that's when um Dracula uh Shape shifts into Whistler. He goes in. I remember. Kills, that. Yeah, he kills them both. He kills the he kills the, the nerdy guy and he kills the black guy. How did he and kill they, Patton Oswald? Yeah, I think they, they I think they showed that they were both. They just both had their 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 necks bitten. So it was it was implied later when they found. Yeah, it was later. implied. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't even remember, and I just watched <laughs> this movie last night. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Like, I, anyway. Very forgetful characters. They tried to push Whistler's daughter and Reynolds as the next new big thing. But you got to have good dialogue and character development, man, for us to care. Otherwise, they're just two new bodies. You know? Chemistry and chemistry between the actors. Yeah. And if Blade didn't get along with Reynolds, just imagine if they did get along. Maybe they could have been shown something could have been different on screen, maybe. You know? Exactly. Wesley would have cared more about his product. If he got along with the with the director, you never well, who knows, right? And it could have been a better film. We don't. We'll never know. Uh, but um, 
the, the plot of this one is, you know, they're bringing, they're bringing in the man, the myth, the legend. They're bringing in the original carrier of the vampire trait, the strongest of them all, uh, Dracula. They're bringing him in. Played by prison break uh, guy. What's his name? Dominique. How do you say his last name? I always, Pier, uh, hold on, I got it. Purcell? Dominique Purcell. Purcell. Pur- Purcell. Yeah. Okay. Dominique right. Purcell. Yeah, Dominique Purcell. Plays Dracula. Now, have you seen a lot of Dracula films or starring that character? Um, just my course, my favorite Dracula film, which is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! That is like, that is, I watched, I watched that movie every Halloween. Dude. Every single Halloween I watched that movie. Dude. And I, I feel that movie's underrated. Oh man, I but really it's, do. I mean, it, I know, you know it's what? like because it's weird, and people don't like weird. They're thrown off by it. They want the more traditional Dracula story, but but it's still good though. It's memorable, you know. I, exactly. I, I it's it's one of the best. Maybe it could be arguably the best. I mean, it's 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 definitely top five uh, Dracula I mean, films. Gary Oldman, Fran- Gary Oldman is phenomenal, and then Francis Ford Coppola. You know, I was surprised he, I was surprised. I know, you know, he's done The Godfather. Yeah. And, um, you know, but like, I, I was surprised at how much gore and blood and like piercing of the cross with the sword. I, I was surprised that he put that kind of, of like content in a film like that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and then I, I, I saw that movie, like, uh, I saw the movie a few days ago with my dad, and my dad didn't even know that it was Francis Ford Coppola that actually directed that movie. He's like, he's the one that directed The, the Godfather. Like, yeah, yeah. so why do you, he's like, no wonder I like that movie so much. No wonder I like the, <laughs> that is, the soundtrack to that movie is iconic. I have that soundtrack. I, I have that oh, soundtrack nice. on, on CD. Nice. I have it on, I have it on CD, man. Anthony and Hopkins as like, uh, Van Helsing. Come on. Huh? Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Come on. Man, Anthony, like, all-star cast. Yeah. So, that's your favorite version of Dracula, Gary Oldman, right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, of course, I liked, I liked the Dracula, I liked the Dracula Untold was, I thought it was okay. Oh, well, Luke Evans is great. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was. The movie, the movie could have been, the movie could have been better, but Luke Evans was great, though. I mean, he was the movie kind of the movie kind of it, it kind of took little uh, like from the way the the way they designed the armor kind of came I think to me kind of came a little bit from Bram Stoker's uh, Dracula in the beginning with the, the red armor and everything yeah but like I mean if that if they could have done if they could have taken that movie a little more seriously because Luke Evans yeah. did a great job playing Dracula yeah but like as but as far as I mean it, it almost to me it almost damn near looked like a Castlevania movie yeah you know, that. Uh, well, they were no, trying to create some kind of shared universe. That's why you had I Frankenstein, and then Dracula. Yeah. They were trying to create some kind of shared universe similar to Marvel, but they failed. <laughs> and then they yeah. tried to do it again with Tom Cruise's The Mummy, and they tried to yeah, resurrect yeah. it, but that failed too. But anyway, oh, yeah, that's another, that that's that another video for. Yeah, it was terrible. That's another yeah. video for another day. But the point I'm trying to make is, <laughs> you have. Frank Langella, great Dracula. Bella Lugosi started it all. All right, the Nosferatu actor. I can't think of his name right now. You have Gary Oldman, 
probably the best. The point I'm trying to make is when there's a book written, written, the greatest film direct, film Draculas of all time, will Dominique Purcell be on the list? <laughs> was he miscast? Was he miscast? Or with better directing and dialogue, he could have worked. What do you think? Ah, uh, nah. <laughs> not even, not even, not even, uh, not even like it was a total. It was a miscast, man. It was a miscast. <laughs> it it might have been. I, I don't. I don't. I don't remember hearing there was time constraints in the movie. I don't know how. I don't know how much of a budget it was. <laughs> how much, I mean, but like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not saying the guy's a bad actor. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. Yeah. I mean, um. <laughs> I, I heard I've I've seen a few of the shows on the on the was it Prison Break or whatever, and I heard he's he's a he's a he's a decent actor. He's a good actor. He's known badass more. Badass. He's known for being a badass and known for his intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily but, like being Gary Oldman level. Obviously, he's not. Oh, not I'm not not um, even that. Like he's like a total to me. It was a totally miscast, or yeah. it was lazy. It was it was a lazy recruitment when it comes to. People doing their, uh, you know, they say it where people go for auditions and stuff like that, or they were just like, you know what, first guy, okay, okay, first yeah. guy we get, oh yeah, you know what, okay, cool, man, you'll do a, you'll you'll be, you'll be a great Dracula. He could oh, have been the Triple H character. He could have been the muscle. <laughs> exactly, man. Either you know? way, but, but no, but was was his, is he yeah, a bad actor? No. Right. His Dracula uh, was so. It was so bland. It was like, it was like he was trying to do something with it, but it just didn't work. Dracula 2000 is a terrible movie, but Gerard Butler as Dracula, I'd rather have him than oh, yeah. Purcell. Oh, yeah. At least he, you know, you, you could see him as a Dracula. You know what I mean? Exactly. I guess they yeah. were maybe trying to go for a more modern look. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know, but even with Dominique with long hair, probably look weird. Yeah, man, was, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way he'd be able to grow out. Be, there's no way he'd be able to grow out his natural hair in time enough it, for them to. It'd be a bad him. wig. Yeah, man, it would. Especially, but, especially at that time in in like in what in two thousand and what four or was it two thousand four? Yeah, two thousand four. Yeah, so I mean, and then even the wigs in two thousand four that some movies that were decent would look horrible. So I wouldn't, yeah. but yeah, but, but I mean, he's, a, he's not a bad, not a bad actor. He tried. I can say, I can see that he tried his best to do with to work with what he with what he had. Yeah. But yeah, but um, yeah, a miscast. I I think so, but you know, he tried and, but yeah, yeah. but uh, no, but nowhere yeah. here, not nowhere what, in the league. Of and what did we mention? What were we talking about earlier? How an unmemorable villain can ruin your film? You oh know? yeah. And so it's just physically, you know, he's, he's on swole, you know, he's shredded, you know, it's just something was missing. I don't know if it was charisma or better writing, who knows, but it didn't work. So you got a lead actor who's just phoning it in. You got a director just who knew no experience, you know, and you could, you could see it building up of why things didn't work and the movie came out the way it was. But that whole beginning, man, I was just dying, dude. Like the first half hour, man, I was just like, "What? What is this dialogue? What is this script? 
Whistler's death is, is just terrible. What is going on? And even even some of the acting was so bad. When like when the when the FBI shows up to take Blade from the detectives, go back and watch that scene again, and tell me if that acting was not atrocious from James Remar. Because <laughs> as soon as soon as they're in there, like you're like fuck that, you're not taking my guy. <laughs> and it's literally this bad. It's literally like you know the, the FBI guys are arguing. They're, they're, they're arguing, and he's in the background talking to his partner, and it's so bad. He goes, he goes, don't fuck with my thing. All right, man, let's go. <laughs> it's I've, so bad. I've seen, him, I've seen him in some bad movies, man, but, I mean, yeah. that was like, he's been in some pretty bad movies. Oh, um, yeah. Mortal, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, it's terrible. I mean, uh, that, but, that, yeah. But, that's another video. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, yeah, but he's. A lot, a lot of them, a lot of the actors there were there for their paycheck. And that yeah. Was it. Don't fuck with my thing. All right, man, let's go. <laughs> and he so, even, like, he even, he even tried to put, he even tried to put some, some, he even tried to put some acting into that. Like, don't fuck with my thing. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're right, man. You're right. But it's just like the Night Stalkers, the concept was cool, but. Dude, even the guns look like toys. Yeah. The guns look like toys when Ryan Reynolds and Patton Oswalt is like, this is going to get your dick hard and check this out. It shoots this and this. You put this, combine this, it shoots that, and it'll shoot anything. It'll kill it. And it looked like a toy. Yeah. It just did. It was too colorful. It looked plastic. It just didn't, the guns didn't look right. Did you like the UV light bow and arrow? Uh, eh, or you're okay with it? The UV, it, it looked, it looked cool. Yeah, the They're UV light uh, visuals. But it was, but uh, they could have made it like a different color. Or they could have made it darker. Or they could have made it more it electronical looked, looking. Yeah, it looked like it didn't look tactical. It looked like a plastic white toy. It was a great prop with just that glows. <laughs> 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 it's like a great it's like a it's like somebody it's like somebody freaking painted it with freaking painted it I, I i don't know like you say like like primered it and just said okay you know what use this we'll we'll take care of the rest with cgi <laughs> <laughs> and 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 what do you think about her headphones putting on her headphones to fight as uh, as kind of cheesy as that was hey, hey she's making her playlist back there as kind of cheesy as that was <laughs> If they're going to go with it, then fucking go with it, right? If they're, if they're, hey, you know what? We're introducing this character. She's so badass and cool. She's going to put in the headphones and listen to music while she fights. Then go with it. But the problem was, I even thought the soundtrack was weak, man. And they're from two talented people, RZA. And uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he did the score for Iron Man and some Game of Thrones episodes. They're both talented. The soundtrack sounded really generic. Like you, there were some decent songs towards the end, but it was really generic score. And and um, you know, RZA could do good music. Look at Kill Bill, right? That was a good soundtrack. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, if they were gonna go with that, she's so badass. She's gonna listen to music. How cool it would have been if they involved the audience with that. Yeah. All of a sudden, when she puts the headphones on, we're hearing 
what she's hearing, yeah. right? And maybe get some POV shots of her fighting the bad guys or something yeah. like that. We yeah. become her, or we can at least experience what she's listening to. But we had the same song that was played during the opening of the somebody else fighting somewhere else to the end of her fight with the headphones. So it was pointless to have her put the headphones on <laughs> when we weren't listening to what she was listening. You see what I'm saying? They had an opportunity yeah, yeah. to do something kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <sighs> to do something interesting, at least with that concept of wearing headphones, listening to music while you're fighting. Because it was I mean, just, I, I mean, it I mean, kind I of pointless. I mean, I, I agree with that. And, yeah, but another thing, like, I, and I, I say this, and I'm, I'm going to say this out of, like, you know, out of personal and, and real experience, that uh, if she's putting on headphones and listening to music, and they were, they were wired headphones, right? Yeah. They were wired headphones. <laughs> I've, I've tried that and, and completely failed. And this is, this is like, when, like, back, like back in the years ago. Yeah. I, used to wear, I used to wear headphones and, and when I would work out. But yeah. when you work when you're working out and you're getting into a very like high stressful or like a high uh, energy workout, they're gonna fall out. Yeah, like they're they're literally gonna fall out. Yeah, so, they I mean, fall out they of my would, ears all the time. They, they, they would they would either have to they, they, she would either have to like glue them in there so they won't fall out, but she's actually listening to the music and actually fighting vampires. But just or, the, I know or, it's ridiculous. It's it's silly. And they, yeah, it, they just I mean, didn't really do anything interesting with it. It was like, you might as well not even have that. But how awesome it would have been. We hear the music score, and all of a sudden, she puts the headphones in, and it's fucking Pantera's Cowboys from Hell comes on. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. And then, we, you know me, you would have been like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, shit. Man. Here we go. Exactly and then she's, then she's, then it's a totally different type of movie. She's kicking ass to Pantera or something. I don't Drag know. Drag the waters. Imagine Dude. hearing Drag the Waters. Dude, that would have been dope. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, they, they, it's a throwaway. Just like a lot of this stuff, it's just throwaway next scene. It could have it been, been easy improv if they would have added, the, like, a different or, or a more intense soundtrack with her actually doing that and putting the earphones into her head. But it would have been, like, they, say if they would have improv and say, you know what, she, she did it. Or if they would have been, say, but back then, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have, you know, cordless this earphones and then she'd be right. you know going there beating on vampire ass but yeah something man, but, I mean, it just a, yeah. it just seems so pointless and stupid yeah. um so yeah they read the resurrect dracula he's hesitant to help them finish off blade because he's like i'm dracula i really don't have to do what you say but fuck it i'm bored they even have that scene where he's like, come on, Blade, show me what you got. And they're just chasing each other. <laughs> he's just running <laughs> after him. That's it. They didn't even fight. He's just running, jumping through rooms. Yeah, and, uh, you know. It was crazy, man. I mean, yeah. Like, and then, don't forget, don't but, forget, Blade with the baby. Yeah. That was a little, that was awkward. That was awkward, man. That, that was an awkward scene. That scene, I was just looking at myself, and I was like, <laughs> like now, did, did now it make you want to? Did it make you want to go? Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the end fight. I think David was trying to do some creative camera angles 
with him and Dracula, but let's just stop and think about this on paper. Okay. He's got the script or ideas for the script. Let me write down. Okay. He fought Frost in the first one. He fought Nomak in this one. All right. We can't bring in Morbius due to reasons. I got it. I got it. Let it be the end all be all of all villains. It's even, even saying the narration, Ryan Reynolds narration in the beginning of the movie, it started with blade. and It's going to end with blade. Let's bring in fucking Dracula. Can you imagine that shit? Blade versus Dracula, right? It's huge. Sounds huge. We would buy it if it was on a comic book, right? Oh, shit, Blade versus Dracula, getting that issue, right? It sounds huge. But then when you watch the movie, they're fucking fighting in the lobby of some building, (laughs) like some big building. They're just in the lobby or part of the second floor, and it's just like, this is the setting for Blade (laughs) versus Dracula they're not going to fight in any place cool or awesome, Castlevania style. No, they're going to yeah. fight in the fucking lobby. They're going to fight with some couches and tables around. That's it. In a regular modern day building, you've got these two dudes sword fighting with blade, with red skin tight leotard looking holiday eggnog drinking Christmas blade versus <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> Put some bootleg armor on. Where do you get that armor? And then when Dracula transforms into the beast version, the creature version of Dracula, I don't know what those effects were, man. And speaking of effects, they were so unoriginal in this one to where they had to copy the splitting mouth of the Reapers. Yeah. Like, why? The stupid vampire dogs had the same split mouth of the Reapers. It was so lame. And then why is Dracula... Dracula's supposed to be the one. Why does he have that? It's so stupid. They got lazy, man. They really got lazy. And you, you figure the pillars of heaven will shake. Buildings will collapse. Something epic will happen between Blade versus Dracula. Now, I did like that one part where Dracula tackles him and they fall down in the second on the first floor, boom! Yeah. And it says this big crater. Yeah, that was a part of the fight where I was like, "Oh, this is gonna get good," and then yeah. it got bullshit after that. Yeah. Uh, but I know they probably didn't have the budget to have the epic scale of Blade versus Dracula that I would prefer. However, Blade one and two were fine. They didn't have any issues, especially Blade 2. Blade 1 had the setting, right? The setting was dope for an end finale fight. Blade 2, simple setting in a building, but the fight was and meant something. It was hard-hitting. It was epic. And this one, it's like, this is what we get. Just think about it. This is what we get with Blade versus Dracula. Like, that's it? And so it's kind of disappointing. To me, to me, everyone's different. It's just kind of disappointing. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of defenders of this film, and that's perfectly fine. Like, there's a lot of people saying, it's underrated, you know. Everybody loves the first two, and they hate this one. This one's really good. Great. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> but to me, 
me being a long fan and, and revisiting this, it was just, <sighs> don't fuck with my thing. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Should have ended the video that way. So, <laughs> but you, I remember you uh, talked about the Castlevania anime series on Netflix, right? Yeah. Now look at how badass that end finale fight was with Alucard and fucking Dracula. Look at how cool that was. <laughs> now I get it. It's animation. You could do shit. But you just think on paper when you're writing Blade versus Dracula. Was there, was there you know, what was, what was created? Like, was there any storyboards cre- drawn for their fight? Highly doubt it. Just sword fight over here. I'll try to add some creative camera angles, but, you know, we still got to cut back to the bullshit Triple H fight, so sorry. We're going you know, to go back over here. Just think about it. They could have fought on a rooftop. They could have fought in the rain with lightning coming down. There's so much could have been done. But two years, man, just think about it. Two years later, that's how fast this movie was made. So... Yeah, that is Blade Trinity. Um, I don't recommend it. <laughs> you do, though. You, you, you do. You don't mind it as much. Uh, you know what? Uh, and, then, and like, if, if people, like you said, like you're saying right now, if, if there's a lot of people who like it, and they more power to you yeah, guys. it's fine. You guys, you guys like it. Like you said, you know, um, there's always going to be diversity when it comes to opinions and stuff like that. Me personally, I don't like to bash. I don't like to really bash on movies because I understand like how it feels if somebody were to bash something like I, that I like a lot. Right. But I'm not. I'm not gonna be the kind of guy that's gonna argue. No. And be like, you know what? I'm gonna argue and oh, you know what? Fuck you and fuck no. your opinion on that. No, I don't know. It's 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 people who people who are who like the movie. That's amen. Yeah. More power to you. I'm, I'm glad you guys like it. That, that kind of stuff, arguing over movies, that is beneath us. <laughs> no, if you want to state your opinion of what you thought about the movie, that's different. Yeah, exactly. Like arguing with somebody else about it, it's just a waste of time. And that's yeah. not what we do. We like talking about cinema. We like stating our opinions. And that's it. You can agree with them or not agree with them. But we still yeah. move on with our lives. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna. It, it, I'm not gonna fight anyone in the comment section. You, exactly. you suck because you're <laughs> you're just living in your mom's basement. And baby, no, <laughs> I'm not gonna do all that shit. Well, fat samurai guy, you suck because you're fat and you you like you like Pantera. So yeah, so it's a. I I consider myself an adult, and I don't have time for bullshit on the internet. <laughs> there's exactly. enough drama and bullshit in the world i don't have time for your shit exactly uh, but, uh, but yeah but yeah, i don't man. but i don't i don't i don't like totally like i don't hate it yeah but i mean i don't like uh and it has all i'm gonna say all i'm gonna say is it has its cool points yeah and and which are very few and far between yeah so I, yeah, like, but, I even but, even me i even threw a few positives out there so but yeah, but but yeah that is that is the Blade trilogy. Now, we can briefly mention. Um, let me look up his name because I know. Do you know how to say his name? The possibly the new Blade. Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now because I I know I'm gonna butcher it. Hold on. 
All right, here we go. The only thing I know is he's a real good actor. Yes. Let me try to find. Let me go to. Uh, I'll go to Alita Battle Angel. Let's see. Hold on. I have just as much uh, trouble mentioning, you know, those kind of names too, man. Because sometimes I sometimes I don't even like to mention like when I do reviews on on uh, Godzilla films, I don't even like to mention some of the names of the stars anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm horrible. I'm looking at the name right now, and I'm probably gonna butcher it. Uh, but we do have uh, this new Morbius film coming out now. Obviously, because what's going on in the world right now, a lot of films are getting pushed back. But we do have Morbius coming, uh, with played by Jared Leto. Yeah, and he has his little second chance at redemption here. And hopefully, I mean, the trailer looked interesting, man. It looked kind of cool. I'm not lying. I mean, I like at least I like the look of Morbius. They 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 nailed that. Yeah, I think, I think they um, got yeah they got the look. And that's important, man, because th they could have really fucked that up. So I hope Morbius is fucking cool. I mean, obviously, it's probably not going to be rated R, unfortunately. Uh, but as long as it's cool, man, and some cool visuals, and just a really cool character that we can we can get on board with or love to hate, I really would love to. I also, it's not going to be R-rated. I don't think so. I don't oh. think so. I might be wrong, though. I might be wrong. But his name is... <clears throat> I'm going to fuck it up. <laughs> Ma Mahershala Ali. Oh, okay. Mahershala Ali. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. And I apologize if I screwed that up. Um, he was announced that he will possibly be playing uh, a Blade in the future. And I, I mean, Wesley Snipes, to me, will always be Blade. He will always be the best Blade. Sure. But, but... I'm actually not really hating on the casting of Ali because, like you said, he, this guy is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. And physically, I mean, obviously he's not as buff as Wesley, but I'm sure he can work out. But, you know, the, you see how his character looks in Alita Battle Angel. He's got the coat and he's got, like, black shades. And uh, people were kind of like, you know, that kind of works. You know, he, yeah. you could possibly see him in the outfit but uh physicality i mean i'm sure you could stunt double him and you know for the for the complicated martial arts stuff uh but yeah. i'm sure he's probably athletic enough to do uh movements here and there but the fact that he's such a good actor um really sells it to me and the first time i saw him was in luke cage where he played cottonmouth and oh, he, yeah, was played cottonmouth. he was such yeah. a, an, an intimidating entertaining villain that even though I enjoyed Luke Cage season one, I feel that the show suffered when his character was killed. Sorry, spoilers. And then we had a new villain. I think his that show kind of suffered a little bit because he was so good as Cottonmouth. All right, I'm looking up Morbius right now. I don't see a rating yet. Hmm. Yeah, but Cottonmouth, when he played Cottonmouth, that was, that was insane, man. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him more than the other villain that came later. Yeah, no rating as of right now, but I'm pretty sure. It's, they they want to make sure people show up. 
again, this is an obscure character, so they want to make sure butts show up to the seat. So it's actually it says it's unrated. Yeah. So that's change. that's no guarantee though that uh, you know. But I mean, like, but Jerry Jerry Leto's got the look for. <clears throat> Yeah, and he's a good actor, too. He just – it is what it is with Joker, you know. I'm tired of destroying the guy over Joker. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I think the failure of his of his Joker was I kind of blame – you could blame him because he's the actor, but I kind of blame the director a little bit, too, because it almost seemed like he kind of just let him improv. It seemed yeah. like he kind of just let him do what he wanted when he probably should have reined him in. Cause you know, yeah. when you have when Nicholas Cage is one of the best actors, right? But when you see him in some B movies, his acting is horrible. You've seen him, but, but when the director knows how to use him yeah. and reigns in the crazy a little bit, he's really good. Nicholas Cage is a really good actor. I think Leto's the same way where, if the director stepped in and be like, no, that's a little bit too much. It kind of sounded like Jim Carrey there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're kind of sounding like Jim Carrey. Let's try something else. Let's try something different. Right. And then they, you know, but it kind of seems like he just was confident. Jared Leto's Academy Award guy, man. Like, you know, yeah. he's a good actor. So he, that's what it feels like. With a, Ooh, I'm an idea. I mean, I, that's so <laughs> over the top. Yeah. That I think if that was just tweaked a little and just reined in a little bit, you know. But, ah, 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 ah. I mean, maybe tweaking that laugh a little, rein yeah, exactly. it a little bit. It could probably be okay. okay. Yeah. You know? So and and the fact that we only got to see his damn character for five minutes in the fucking movie. Exactly. So People are, you know, that Zack Snyder extended cut coming out, and people are asking for David, the David Ayer cut, so you can see more Jared Little Joker, and you can see originally how the film was edited. I don't know if you knew about that, but supposedly, yeah. supposedly the original cut of Suicide Squad, the fans liked, the people in the audience liked, yeah. but the studio got cold feet because Batman vs Superman failed, and they got cold feet. And the trailer for Suicide Squad came out, a new trailer, edited by this whole new company that people, it got a lot of buzz. And, it, and if you look at that trailer now, it still looks, it still makes the movie look like it's going to be a great movie. Yeah. But so the studio got cold feet. They grabbed that uh, group of editors for that trailer and had them re-edit Suicide Squad. And that's wow. the version we have. So fans want to see the original version that supposedly the people in the audience enjoy so i don't know oh, yeah. maybe we'll get that in the, in the future but that's another video for another topic or for another day right <laughs> uh, but uh morbius i think is a good introduction to bring blade back i think yeah. bringing in because you know we have aliens what do we got in the mcu right now we got aliens soon we're bringing back actual mutants with fox characters coming back right Exactly. With X-Men, Fantastic Four. So that's as far as we've got. We've got, the, we've got cosmic characters, aliens. Um, that, uh, am I missing anything else? That's about it, right? About right now. Yeah, I mean, just, uh, and then the, um, the, the, the Inhumans, well, they're, they're already aliens. Right. The, the Eternals, and then the Eternals. 
Right. But we like haven't that. had vampires introduced yet, right? Yeah. I know. So Morbius is a good way to bring this world, you know, into yeah, the MCU. Exactly. And then it's the perfect segue to bring Ali's blade in to hunt yeah. him. How amazing would that be? Or team up, awesome. like you said, for future franchises, right? Yeah. So I know a lot of people are like, boo Ali, Wesley Snipes is the best. I get it. And Wesley Snipes to me is still will always be the best, despite Blade Trinity. Um, I still have my fingers crossed for Ali. And we haven't heard or seen anything for a long time, which is kind of not, you know, it's kind of making me go, well, maybe they're not gonna do a Blade reboot. But recently Ali posted on his Instagram, I think, or, or Twitter, a uh, drawing of him as Blade. Yeah. He posted that. It's a little quick, quickie bootleg drawing, but he did post that. So who knows? Maybe it's, I, I think, I hopefully it's still coming. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, right? If Sticky Fingers got a shot, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sticky Fingers got a shot. <laughs> Let's get an incredible actor a shot exactly. at it. Right? And, so, and, and, and Ali is, he's already up there in age too, man. He's already like, he's already like in his mid forties. Yeah. So, but I mean, but you never know, man. I mean, with CGI now and stunt doubles, the way, the way stunt doubles and then yeah. the way the actors, the way they have the actors like keeping themselves in shape now. And yeah. not like back in like the, not like back in the freaking late, 90s and early 2000s where they just let them do whatever they want and yeah all that stuff so yeah i want a wesley snipes cameo though oh yeah i definitely i think they'll definitely do that that'll be dope i, I think they'll, i think they'll definitely do that all right buddy is anything else you'd like to say uh, about the blade films before we go no man not, Cut it. just what i just what i said about blade trinity and but i enjoy but i enjoyed the first two man the first two blade and 1998 and then blade two for freaking, they were they were badass movies, man. I don't care what the critics say. I don't care what anybody thinks about it. I yeah. we enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and I'm sure yeah, you loved it. So I mean, oh yeah, there's no there's not much else to say about that, man. No, no, perfect ending to the video. So uh, viewers and listeners, make sure you head over to Daniel's YouTube channel. You uh, like, share, and subscribe. Let them know Fat Samurai guy sent you. And it's, is it the Sci-Fi Century? What is the name of your YouTube channel? Yeah, it's just basically Daniel the Sci-Fi Century. There you go. Daniel the Sci-Fi Century. Look it up. Support uh, other YouTube creators. That's right. <laughs> Remember, if you like comic book-related material, films, uh, kaiju, the genre, uh, if you're collectors for statues and figs and all that, you'll find all that good stuff over at Mr. Daniel's. Uh, residents so thanks again brother for joining us or joining me joining the podcast i would like to to just like i said man i would like to uh uh thank you and uh i really appreciate you um adding me to this video and keep doing your thing man keep keep that acidity that acidity going with that fat samurai guy lady fat blood and i really appreciate this man and we'll do this again oh yeah and keep up the keep up that that badass work that you do on your channel, and of course with the, all the other channels you got. So we try, go, we try, I we really try. Appreciate it. I really <laughs> appreciate it, man. Thanks Thank again you. for joining, man. Thanks again for hooking up, and we will do this. We'll do, we will do more of this in the future. But we'd like to thank 
all the movie lover badasses for watching and listening to this podcast. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.